0: I believe that's your brother. Alex Curry? Yeah. <laughs> but like, so like, y'all know each other, like, pretty well. Yeah, good. dude, we saw, saw him on Saturday night you like, what's up? Yeah, I got in his, um, I still got our, all my newspaper clippings, right? Yeah. Um, and me and him came out on it. Yeah. And then one with, uh, Darius. Yeah. Um, that's dope. So yeah, dude. bro, yeah. um, well, you know, we actually came out in a lot of newspaper, bro, and like, we probably like, we don't got any Yeah, dude, it's all, it's cause it's all social media now. Right? Yeah. yeah. The newspaper wasn't in a big, not a big deal no more. Yeah. We not, used to back group, in the day it was more important. Like, yeah. We used to.
1: Yeah. Everybody bro. would probably be seeing that shit like, oh, look, look, look. Bro,
0: we used to wake up in the I used to wake up in the morning. My what dad would take me people. straight to 7-Eleven because both 7-11. of us would be like, let's see, if we made it. and then Yeah. We make the front page of the newspaper yeah. and then you would check the back to see the, everybody's points and yeah. stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Like that's what we look well, for. Well, now we I check think.
1: for Felix Chavez, bro. Felix <laughs> Chavez, <so> On Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what's up, bro? How was your day?
0: Chilling, man. Chilling. Did you work today yeah, I worked this morning. Work this morning. Yeah. So uh
1: what time do you go in? I went in
0: at eight. Eight
1: in the in the morning. And so you're you're a pol- police officer, right? Yes sir. Yeah. I We're, don't make it known though. <laughs> so can <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean we could cut anything. No, no, but should it's we cool. leave that out? No, you, no, you could okay, leave all it. Right. Yeah. I just don't post it, you know. Yeah, what you mean? yeah, no, yeah. I feel you. Yeah, I don't even know, like looking at your IG like I didn't even yeah nice. a lot of you have a lot of mystery behind that
0: a lot of people still think i'm teaching and <laughs> coaching bro yeah? to be honest yeah so you
1: used to used to teaching coach yeah i used yeah. to be a teacher where at nola richardson bro yeah oh shit did you what'd you coach there
0: so i taught eighth grade social studies uh-huh and then i coached at uh loretto high school as oh, the okay. head track girls coach varsity yeah. yeah
1: do you ever miss that like
0: coaching i miss the coaching coaching yeah. that's for sure just the track meets every week yeah all that good stuff
1: yeah i bet i mean everybody that like coaches like they say it's very it's very fulfilling in a way
0: oh that's nice dude i mean if you develop somebody and you know those people have good worth ethic yeah then you know you see that they want to go to college or they want to progress in the running career like it makes you better as a coach you know what i'm saying
1: for sure yeah so this is episode 21 so episode 21 of the most vulnerable player um and we have Freddie, and your last name is ariano freddy ariano um i knew it was ariano but then you said your mom's last name was granado granado okay yeah. this is just her like maiden name type thing uh,
0: no she got remarried remarried mm-hmm. okay okay
1: mm-hmm. okay got you so yeah Freddie ariano um he's uh, obviously a obviously like police officer that we talked about he uh and you also um you have a run club um it's a social club that runs exactly. here here in El Paso. It's called a Run for It uh, EP, and um, yeah, man, I actually just started going there. So um, I work at Neat Collective. It's a family business, and um, I ran with you guys first at when you, we collaborated at like on an event at Neat Collective, and that's when I got to meet. I don't think you were there. I think I met Thomas that day. Yeah, you met Thomas. Uh, I met Thomas, but man, ever since then it's just like um, I really like. I really enjoy and really like what you guys are doing with it. Um, it's crazy, bro, because everybody that goes out—it's a lot of the same people. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I feel like a lot of people bring friends with them, like uh, to go for the first time, and just the whole community, bro. I think it's what you guys are doing is like badass, bro. So, um, how how'd you how'd you guys start that? How'd that come about?
0: So Thomas and I, we started in 2018. 2018. Yeah, 2018. It came up with an idea.
1: Thomas is one of your, like, your best friends? Yeah, best friends. Yeah. I've
0: known Thomas since middle school. Yeah. Yeah. And since middle school up until now, I mean, we've just mm-hmm. been best friends. We lived together back in the day Yeah. Uh, when I moved back from El Paso. But when we started it, it was 2018. My tia passed away. Mm-hmm. And she passed away from cancer. So I went up to Thomas. I was like, hey, let's, let's start hosting, you know, 5K events. Mm-hmm. Because during that time, I was already coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I knew how to organize the event. Kind of raise money for like yeah. cancer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were doing that as a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. So we would hit up a lot of nonprofit groups and say, you know what? You know, we'll make X amount of money and then all the money that we make, we're going to donate it to you guys. Wow. And then to get people out for vendors and stuff like that, we just let them know, Hey, you know what? We'll pay for you guys to be vendors. All the compensation that you guys get, we won't take nothing from it. We just wow. want people to come out and run. Yeah, so that's what we did. And then after that, we're like, damn, a lot of people showed up. I think we had about 120 runners. Oh, shit. Yeah. 120 runners. And then from there, we just started doing the run club. And we have a lot of people in the industry, you know, that work at Lost and Found. They yeah. work at Later Later. So we started doing them there mm-hmm. to attract more people. Because, you yeah. know, El Paso, part the yeah. city. Yeah, for sure. Everybody wants to go to the bar and drink. <laughs> so we figured, let's get running at a bar. Yeah. So afterwards, you know, yeah, you people had an incentive to drink. So yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, we started doing that.
1: And it started, but it, it mainly started with. Um, it mainly started with, it was like maybe three or four you guys know, like to start off when you were starting in 2018. No, like man. There's a few friends or you, you like first time you had the run club itself. How many people like actually came to that?
0: I think we had about a solid 25, bro. Oh, because shit. during that time when me and Thomas were doing it, we were working out at Get Lifted Central. Okay. My buddy Steve owned that gym at the time. So him and his girlfriend, Steve, or Raquel, uh, we would ask him to like host little run clubs at the gym. Mm-hmm. And then we would have people come out. And that's when Viejo was starting up. True. So Viejo would come out, set up their little minivan and everything yeah. like that, and then do the pop-up. So we just started gaining people from there. Yeah. And then from there, we kind of migrated to lost, or lost and Found later, yeah, all later. The, all the
1: bars, yeah. You know, all those... And how did... Because I remember you talking about how did COVID affect you guys? Like, did you guys still try to do the runs or... Dude,
0: COVID helped us even way more. Oh, true, Because we were doing, like, the virtual runs. We were doing challenges like Mm. who can get 100 miles in a week Mm -hmm. and then we would just give people prizes and stuff i would personally buy gift cards like i would spend my own money and give someone all right if you reach 100 miles at the end of the week yeah i'll get you a hundred dollar gift card damn or if you reach 100 miles in the week i'll get you some pair of shoes yeah like i would just invest my own money into it thomas would invest his own money into it so that's how we did it yeah and covid covid freaking really 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 popped it off even more yeah because everybody wanted to post it Everybody had a lot of time.
1: And everybody needed kind of like somebody to kind of hang out with because during Mm -hmm. COVID, I mean, it was tough, bro. There was like, you really didn't see your friends that much. Nope. Yeah.
0: Everybody was staying home. Yeah. I mean, I I bet you it saved a lot of people money, though. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) A lot of people money. (laughs) But it also invested people into the running aspect of things because everybody started to get a little bit more physical. Yeah. More COVID happened.
1: What do you think that was? What do you think? Why do you think people like started to be more active during COVID?
0: because they lost all the resources man yeah they lost the gym i mean we couldn't even go to the gym unless you knew a homie that owned the gym they're gonna get you in there yeah right but a lot of people lost that resource Mm -hmm. so what's free running
1: yeah exactly shit i i know i was running bro i did um have you heard of the goggins challenge yeah i did that shit during during covid bro i actually have a video of it i did like a vlog and shit and I don't even know if I could do that now. Like, I don't know. It was just a different mindset. I feel like it was a different mindset, like, during, during COVID. But it's also because I had time. Like, how often do you have, like, just two days to set aside to, like, r- wake up every four hours? You know, like, that shit was Dude, intense, I mean, bro.
0: Because if you were working during COVID, you would get home from work and you had nothing to do. Yeah. You, you were either playing Call of Duty or you were outside running. Yeah. So I know a lot of people were making challenges up. And everybody was just going wild from Yeah. 'Cause because people were so bored.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, that's insane. And then this past, I would say 2023 is when I finally first saw like the run club, like on social media and stuff. Is there anything you guys changed? Like, did you just start posting more? Or is it did it just take that much time to kind of for people to get to know you? Or did you like flip a switch to where like, all right, we need to go hard on this, this and this?
0: So we were just throwing little teasers out on mm-hmm. Run for like coming soon, yeah, just to gain a little attraction, and people would start to respond like, "Oh, what's happening?" Yeah, um, but at, during that time, we were already talking to Jose, the owner of Yahoo Coffee, okay, and that's when he put up that new spot right by Lost and Found. Mm-hmm. So we went up to Jose and said, "Like, hey man, let's just do the Run Club again because he's been with us since we started, 2018." Yeah. And he I runs mean, himself. Yeah, he yeah. runs himself. So back then they were just mobile; mm-hmm. they didn't have a storefront. So he would, like, do deliveries. He would do, like, the, the little bolsas. Mm-hmm. My Spanish is horrible, <laughs> But he would do the little bags and yeah. stuff like that, how they do in the Mexican yeah, yeah, culture, yeah. you know? And so when we went up to him, we were like, hey, let's do it, man. And he was always cool. Yeah. And I think me and Thomas just posted it. And then the first day, I think we maybe had about 40, 50 heads. Wow. First day back. Were you expecting that? We we didn't expect yeah. that. Yeah. It It was cool to see. I guess people were just kind of wanting that to happen mm-hmm. um we have a lot of people from like austin yeah and from out of town that been searching for something like this because yeah. they do that on a daily basis in austin you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying they have a bunch of run clubs out there yeah so
1: so it's something new to el paso yeah fairly i mean i'm sure there's other run clubs but definitely the whole community aspect and just as many people that come out
0: yeah it's well they have the og run club for up and running okay. right there down the street from us yeah um at up and running on mesa we're uh the district is that okay that is it a plaza it,
1: area is it a different demographic would you say or is it pretty similar
0: like it's a little older
1: okay yeah so i was gonna say like i feel like run for it is definitely a younger more younger i mean they're still a little bit like older but there's definitely a lot more younger oh yeah for, sure. for sure
0: younger and the good reason is is that jose puts a lot of good Aesthetics into Viejo Coffee, right? Yeah, for sure. You want to. Everybody knows that you're going to go into Viejo Coffee and you're going to take a selfie on that mirror, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's that's their iconic, you know, view. Yeah. So people going to go in there and they're going to take the coffee picture. They're going to take that picture in that mirror. So yeah, you know, that's a good utilization to kind of push people to come. Yeah, it's all about aesthetics now.
1: Not for sure, bro. The way you all are branding it is like it's genius, like to me, because people literally like obviously a lot of it is about the running, but like a lot of it is really just going out you're gonna get like you're gonna take a selfie with your friends like it's it's good vibes and like just honestly what i enjoy most most is talking to people after like that's what i enjoy the most most about it like obviously yeah the running's dope um but like we run every like you run every day or like every other day but i just think that it's like just the networking aspect and just you have people out there that are actually like like minded and just i don't know it's just a dope vibe to me yeah.
0: yeah i mean like you said man we're not a we're not a run club we're a social club that likes to run yeah. so you know we do it more of a network kind of base and that's man i mean we get into it i've met a lot of good people out there just by the run club mm-hmm. first day i feel like i've known them for years i mean just like you you came in the first day mm-hmm. and you introduced yourself even though i wasn't at that run at Neep. yeah you came in you were like what's up man like this is what i do here's the logo like i'm gonna make you guys a real yeah. all this good stuff and then next thing you know here we are yeah you know exactly what I'm
1: it's crazy how it works out el paso man. <laughs> oh, man
0: you know the city's. i'm grateful for the city though i mean yeah. it's changed a lot and the older you get kind of changes a little bit more yeah i definitely feel old sometimes <laughs> going to different places i'm like damn it it's not the same no more yeah. But it's still fun
1: nah for sure bro i mean so what would you say is like what's your what's yours and thomas maybe you and thomas have different purposes behind it but why do you what keeps you driving and motivated to keep this going and just to want to grow it and just, yeah, what what keeps you going and what motivates you to keep doing, like, the run for it and uh, what's your purpose behind it?
0: To be honest, man, I just want to see people have fun. Yeah. I want to see people be fit. I want to see people network and I just want to see people succeed. Mm-hmm. I mean, running, for me, is just mental clarity. I mean, I use it as a form of competition, not only with other people, but myself. Mm-hmm. So I figured... If I keep implementing that to people, you know, they're going to be like minded and just do the same thing. Yeah. And I see that all the time, man, because people come in and they're concerned or they DM like, look, I run slow. Like, do you think that's going to be a problem? And I say absolutely not. All paces, <laughs> all paces, all, all faces. I let yeah. everybody know. I mean, we got people coming in with, with their babies. We got people coming in with their dogs. Yeah. Whether they're in the front group, whether they're in the back group. I mean. They're going to be with somebody. Yeah. So I just make sure that whatever pace you are, you're going to feel comfortable doing it. Yeah. So, you know, I, that's my motivation just to keep it going. That's so dope, Having man. people just have fun with it. Yeah. That's it.
1: Badass. I love that. And um, you have a few events coming up too, right? What what you got going on the whole month of December?
0: So this this Saturday, we have it at Buendia. Mm-hmm. Um, Chilaquiles place. Chilaquiles yeah. place. Have you had it before?
1: Yeah. I haven't. It. It's, it's pretty fire. It's away. good, man. Yeah. The
0: first one. The first one that I went to was the one on Mesa. Mesa, okay. Yeah, that's the one that I went to, and I had El Super Burrito. Oh, shit! And <laughs> you should get an award by eating that. <laughs> it's mean, freaking huge. But yeah, yeah. I went with my sister and my brother-in-law. We ate there, and then um my buddy Phil. He's actually the one of the managers there. Okay. Um. So he's the one that kind of got me into the chilaquiles place with them to set up this event mm-hmm. and we had done me and thomas had done um some events with Bonanawa, who are yeah, the owners yeah. of owners like crave all, all that places, stuff yeah. so you know we've done events with them mm-hmm. um but he hit us up and he was like hey man i feel like this is gonna be a good place for you guys to do something and you know come through yeah so you know they their graphics team sent us the graphics you know they did their thing me and thomas we kind of keep the graphics kind of simple yeah and you know we rolled through with that, so we have that one on this Saturday, and then on the 23rd, we linked up with headquarters. So we're gonna do like a little pub run. Yeah. So we're gonna go to Secret Santa, and then to headquarters, and then to District, and then to palominos So all those little bars, right? Yeah. And the way it's gonna be set up is, I'm assuming we're gonna play a drinking game. Okay, at ev- every spot. At every basically. spot, right? So if you're the first person to win in that drinking game as a team. Then you go on to the next box one. So it's like um, a
1: little, yeah, that's, that's going to be intense. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be know. fun though.
0: I don't know how router that's going to get, but <laughs> whoever goes, you're going to take a shot of Hennessy every <laughs> single bar you go to. <laughs>
1: Hell yeah. Um, nah, that's, that's going to be fun, bro, for sure. And then you got the, the rush. Uh, oh yeah.
0: So I met with um, Bree. Yeah. Who is the owner of Rush Cycle. Yeah. She's dope. So she's awesome. We actually met at 210 a couple of weeks ago and we kind of talked about it. It's not going to be till March, but shout out to my boy, Johnny, mm-hmm. the owner of uh, Hush. Oh, yeah. Or the J&K guy. Yeah. So he's going to let us do the event there, and we'll pretty much clear out the whole venue. And then we'll have multiple classes for the cycle the and cycle then a class. run. So we're going to yeah. go half running, half cycling. Yeah. Have you done a cycling class before? No, dude. I'm a, I was actually supposed to go yesterday and today. You should
1: have, bro. I went, I went yesterday. It yeah, was, I was supposed to go. It was uh, it was fun, bro. It was... It was I. Honestly, I was I wasn't sure what to expect, but it's like uh, it gets super hyped in there, bro. It's it's but yeah, it's a good workout too. It, it so. was Bree, right? Yeah, breeze yeah, She Brie's plays some instructor. hood shit too. Oh, bro, she plays that hood, that northeast shit. Yeah, dog. she's from the northeast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she actually went to Chapin, so yeah, she knows a lot yeah, of yeah. my people. So nah, for sure. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it was it was fun. It was really fun.
0: Yeah, I uh, went. uh I was supposed to go yesterday, and then I was supposed to go today with Alexis. Okay, but then we had the podcast. So I was like, you know, yeah. What? I got to cancel. Yeah. But I'll go next time. I promise. Yeah,
1: for sure. We'll, we'll all go next time. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but for sure, I want to go to Breeze class because yeah. I heard it's pretty. Nah, it
1: gets it gets hood, bro. For sure, it's it's, it's nice. Yeah. You got a cuff too, Curry. Five. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and um, I mean that's that's so dope, man. It sounds like a lot of a lot of shit going on for you guys, and I mean, I'm excited for it. I'm gonna pull up, so it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Oh
0: man, <laughs> I hope everybody pulls up. I mean, it gets bigger every week. Yeah. So. I mean, we counted, what, about 55 heads for Denny's really? pop-up? Yeah. Damn, I didn't even
1: realize there was that many people. Yeah, That's dude, like crazy. I, w- I
0: was doing the warm-up, and I was looking at Thomas. I was like, damn, dude, <laughs> about 55 people yeah. here, almost 60. That's crazy, man. And, bro. you know, I'm grateful for that, just yeah. for the people coming out. Again, the movement, mm-hmm. and then people just being active, but also people supporting... The businesses, yeah, you know, especially sure. Dennis, because
1: you guys don't profit off of that, right? I don't, like, nah, no we
0: don't, I mean, we don't really care about the profit, yeah, exactly. We just want people to enjoy themselves and come through mm-hmm. and just run, yeah, like, because that's what I like to see, and yeah. that's what I've done all my life. So, yeah. as long as I see people come and support the movement, yeah, that's all that matters to me. That's my currency right yeah. there, yeah,
1: that's badass, bro. So, you uh, you grew up in El Paso,
0: yeah, I grew up in El Paso,
1: yeah, so you live here, uh, so you went to Nolan, which I went to Nolan. You didn't, then you went to, you went to Burgess after that, right? Yeah. Okay. And you played, I mean, sports was a big part of your life, right? So, um, what role did that play in your life, bro? Just how, I mean, you did track, you did basketball, you did, I'm sure you did other sports too, right? So what role did sports play in your life? Like growing up? Shit, man.
0: Honestly, it taught me how to just be a hard worker. Yeah. Because to be honest, I grew up playing basketball. Mm-hmm. But i was a scrub <laughs> <laughs> really? i was a scrub back in the day would you
1: what city league team did you play for
0: so i didn't really play for city league teams like most of the guys gr- that i grew up with yeah. played with um i played the mcdonald's league
1: okay what's yeah, what was yeah that? the
0: mcdonald's league was you pretty much got selected whether you were going to be in the maroon team the red team the blue team uh, okay, the okay. yellow team you just yeah. got selected okay. but most of the guys from like the east side northeast central like We were all in that little mix. Okay, okay. But, yeah, man, I mean, I guess when I started playing ball, fifth grade, going up to eighth grade, I was a scrub, bro. A scrub. (laughs) Yeah. And then I got to Burgess, and my freshman year, I I was still a scrub, bro, but my dad would put me in a bunch of city leagues, Mm. and I would just keep getting better and better, just keep playing, keep playing.
1: And would you work on yourself, like get in the gym yourself too?
0: So I actually grew up in a school. Mm-hmm. My dad was the head custodian at MacArthur
2: Oh shit, okay
0: So I grew up So I went to MacArthur my kindred th- through 7th grade uh-huh. And then 8th grade is when I went to Nolan Nolan, okay. But I grew up in the gym And if you ask all my friends from back in the day, bro they give you the stories of us just going inside the school, fucking around, <laughs> going on top <laughs> like of the after roof. After hours type yeah, shit. After hours type shit, dude. We would go into the computer labs. Damn. We would go <laughs> run around the goddamn school, bro. We would go up on the roof and snag all the balls that people be throwing up That's there. That's crazy. So we would leave with a gang of balls. But the most iconic thing, I guess, growing up that people know me for was that I used to open up the gym, bro. Hmm. And I used to just have open gym runs, midnight runs. We start playing till four in the morning. I'd open that thing at six in the morning. I mean, we would just constantly be playing. Yeah. Constantly. So that's how I was able to develop hooping a little bit better.
1: Yeah, that's insane, bro. Yeah. I know if I I had, like, a homie like that, that would have been been dope.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's so many stories at the school. Because, I mean, that was my home, you know? Yeah. I had two homes. We had the home in in the school, right? Because most head custodians. They have a, a place there. They had a place there. Yeah. Or a house that was separate. Yeah. Our house was attached to the school. Wow. Okay. So my dad would just wake up in the morning, get straight to work. I would wake up, go straight to school. Yeah. And then. And did
1: you have a, I mean, you had access to that gym whenever you, basically whenever, whenever you wanted?
0: Bro, whenever. I mean, on those days that we weren't supposed to work out in high school, those blackout days. Yeah. We would, uh, my dad would open up the school and we would go in there and start yeah. hooping. Um, or we would practice. Yeah. Um, during high school. But yeah, man, I mean
1: so when did you see yourself like really like when did you take that because i think a lot of people have like a leap when like athletes like i know for for you it was probably like what you said like sophomore to junior year where you or freshman uh sophomore year. Freshman, sophomore year yeah where you had like a it was just a difference in like just your whether it was your game your confidence so like when did when did you see that jump like for me it was it was late it was junior to senior year for sure but when did you kind of see your game like really come together
0: so it was my freshman year. I was riding in the damn pine. Uh, and it was my freshman coach. His name was Coach Martinez, Daniel Martinez. Yeah, He's now the head coach at Burgess. Okay. He, he's back at Burgess. Uh-huh. But because of that guy who was yelling at me constantly, him and my dad would get into fights during the game. Like, my dad would be screaming, like, why don't you play my son? Like, yeah, you know, why does he keep sitting down? And I would get into the game. and I would be nervous, bro. I would turn over the ball. I would just freaking... I would be a mess out there yeah but he was doing it for a reason so it was my freshman year going into the summer when I told my pops I was like look I'm putting all this work in I know I can play ball so I just went a little harder during the summer leagues Mm -hmm. and then it wasn't until my sophomore year where I actually developed a little bit better yeah and then that's when I just I went off
1: how much of it was confidence like just kind of building that Confidence. It was 100%. It.
0: Yeah. It was 100% confidence. And that's what Coach Martinez gave me. Yeah. Was pure confidence. And then because of him and my dad, that's where I got my competitiveness from. Mm. So my freshman year, going into my sophomore year, during that time, I was running cross country too. And that's how I got into running. Mm-hmm. Like it all intertwines.
1: Yeah. So and you really started running cross country because of basketball? Yeah. Our, oh, okay.
0: we, we got a new head coach my freshman year, Coach Cordova. He came from Bowie. So he made everybody join cross country. Yeah, really? Damn, so that's crazy. my freshman year, I got into cross country. I started running. My first meet as a freshman, I got top 10, and I got a medal. So I was like, oh, shit, you get a medal every time you fucking run? Yeah. <laughs> and Or every time you get top 10? So my dad was just like, hey, let's just start collecting these. <laughs> so freshman year, every single meet, I would get top 10. is cross country
1: what three miles or what How many? yeah it was three miles during the time okay
0: so i would just get i would get a medal every meet and then that's when coach smith who was my cross country coach who you know who's still a big part of my life today you know he moved me up to the varsity team at the end of the year and i was able to go to regionals with the team oh shit although i sucked ass (laughs) going into regionals yeah it was just crazy for me to be in that position and him kind of being like all right let's go yeah and then from cross country to basketball my freshman year going into my sophomore year that's when everything just started popping off yeah yeah
1: that's insane bro because i mean yeah when i think about it like a lot of people have uh, like in basketball terms like a lot of people in open gym they could have all the game like they could they could i mean they got the handles they could shoot but like translating at that into a game is like totally different like for whatever reason like i know for me it didn't take me it took me a while like i was always pretty good bro but i didn't really start feeling like kind of myself or like free until like maybe my senior year which was like i still played good but like that's definitely a thing i noticed with a lot of people like it's it's definitely a confidence thing where it's just building that into the game you know
0: you know and because of so those three guys my pops coach smith and coach martinez they gave me the confidence and the ability to talk shit and back it up (laughs) yeah like till this day i still talk shit bro. yeah
1: did you ever did 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 you always talk shit or was it? Did you hit a point where you like. No, I hit a point where I was yeah. just like,
0: man, I'm going to start talking shit now. <laughs> because, you know, in eighth grade when I was at Nolan, bro, I had like Jamal Odom. Yeah. I had, you know, Randall Canada. I had a bunch of big dogs. You yeah. know, everybody went to Charles or Terrace Hills, all them stuff. And I remember that. Yeah. Cause I'm like, man. Cause they would just talk shit to each other, <laughs> and I would admire their game because they were good back then. Yeah, and me, I was just the scrub. So yeah, I would look at that and be like, all right, motherfuckers, I'm gonna start talking <laughs> shit once I get a little better. Yeah, and then yeah, dude, on sophomore year, that's when I started realizing like, damn, I could finally start talking shit because <laughs> I'm actually I'm hoop. starting, I'm I'm hooping against you guys again. Yeah, and it was it was cool, man. It was real. It was humbling for me. Yeah, I mean that, talking shit.
1: Yeah, but I mean uh, that's that's a that's dope because I was always I was quiet all the time. Even though I could hoop, I was just, I just never, I don't know. I, I just wasn't me, I guess. But did, would you say, did you talk shit? Uh, if, they were, if they were talking shit yeah, to you? If they were, like, the Rowdy right type, yeah, I'd have to talk shit. Bro. Yeah. It definitely, it makes a game definitely more fun, for sure. Like, especially, because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's all, like, it's all game. It's a game. But for sure, you can definitely, uh you can get yourself going. And, I, like, I know a lot of people, they just need that extra spark to kind of, like, get them kind of like in the zone type shit
0: oh yeah, yeah. And that's that's definitely how it was bro. yeah like,
1: and that's crazy you don't you don't strike me as someone because you're you're laid back you're 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 not quiet but definitely more like i feel like reserved so i'm sh- like i'm sure once you get in the game it's like totally different right yeah
0: i yeah. mean once i if i lock into something I'm, I'm locking in yeah whether i'm talking shit or i'm just locked in that's it yeah. but yeah growing up I, I was talking a lot of shit <laughs> yeah. whether i lost or not yeah. i mean if I lost, I ate it. Yeah. But if I was winning, I just keep talking shit. <laughs> Which, you know, kind of helped me in the long run, you yeah. know? But
1: For sure. Do you, Do people talk shit when running? Oh, yeah, bro. Really?
0: Yeah. Um. Actually, my last race was the 100-mile race that I ran during Neep. Yeah. That's why I didn't go. Because I was in Nevada running the 100-mile race. Yeah. But I was out there and... You know, I'm looking at the stats, and I'm looking at who won it this past year. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my goal for time, I wanted to go under 22 hours. And I knew the guy to beat was going to be there again. And he was an older cat, bro, 43 years old. And I was looking at his college resume. I was looking at everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, he ran for BYU. I think he ran like a 358 mile. What the fuck? But in my head, I'm like. I'm just talking shit to myself like man this dude's 43 years old I'm mean, he's washed. <laughs> it's like I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on his ass. Yeah. And you know unfortunately when I got to mile 33 that's when I popped my Achilles. Damn so, so that I, happened at that. So time. I had to pull out. Yeah. But you know Yeah, I was still kind of talking yeah, shit. Yeah, so
1: what prompted you to I mean cuz 100 miles bro that's fucking that's a, I mean that's crazy. Like a lot of there's I wonder what the actual percentages of people that actually Like, actually do something like that. I'm sure it's like ridiculously small, but um, yeah. What what made you want to do that?
0: Fucking David Goggins, (laughs) (laughs) for real. (laughs) Stay hard. Yeah. Fucking who's gonna carry the boats and the logs, (laughs) (laughs) bro? David fucking Goggins. That guy. If anybody, like, he talks so much shit. Yeah. I I love people that talk shit (laughs) and come back it up, right? Yeah. But because of that guy, when I first started reading about him and kind of looking at his youtube videos and all his motivational shit mm-hmm. that shit got me so jacked up yeah and he would just do things just to do them yeah without even the bare minimum training i mean he would train right but it's all it's all up yeah. i mean stuff. his
1: first 100 or yeah his first 100 mile race i think he he was still like a bodybuilder type guy like yep. he didn't even he was heavy and like I, I remember reading that where he yeah he basically it was like 100 miles i think around a track Yep. i think it was his first run and he basically had like, a, I forgot what he got after that, but it's like something within like your, I don't know, is it kidneys or liver, but anything. He was fucked up after that. Race. Oh, I think he,
0: he got rhabdo.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What exactly, what, what is rhabdo? You know so
0: rhabdo is? is dehydration. Like just severe dehydration. Yeah, just severe dehydration when your piss is pretty much dark. Yeah. Like it looks like coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's rhabdo. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you get rhabdo by just extreme exhaustion of your body and the lack of like nutrition Mm -hmm. and hydration yeah and a lot of people get it bro especially people that do border patrol right Mm -hmm. they do bortac training and that lasts for a couple of weeks and that's just like minimum sleep you get like an hour or two hours of sleep and it's just constant day by day yeah and you get rablo just doing that because you're just constantly working out yeah you have very minimal time to rest
1: yeah that's insane and so um you just kind of wanted to see, like, test yourself, see it's, I mean, because you've done, mar- you had done marathons before that, right?
0: Yeah, I had done marathons. I've done half marathons. Yeah. Um Well,
1: let's back up. So you, you ended up going to um, university or to college to run track, right? Or to mm-hmm. run cross country or, mm-hmm. what, yeah, what was it?
0: So back to the hooping. Yeah I, yeah. I just wanted to be a hooper. Yeah. Um, But like. The guys that actually went to college—they're already being exposed during mm-hmm. that time, and obviously social media and the way you got into college hooping yeah. back then was way different from what it is now. Mm-hmm. I think back then it was more stats, right? Yeah, for and sure. And I mean, I had the stats, but I just remember my senior year—I was a—I was a, a big—I was a big guy, not not fat, but like muscular. Yeah. Because of hooping. Yeah. But I was kicking a lot of these skinny dudes' ass. Yeah. And. One coach coach ortiz who was my first college coach took a chance on me and was just like hey he reached out to me after my first after my last cross-country meet and he was just like hey man i'm gonna give you a scholarship uh to the university of southwest in hobs uh-huh. so i signed the university of southwest and the cross-country mid- yeah cross-country uh-huh. and track and midsummer, he calls me and he goes hey man so i got a new coaching job in kansas at a junior college in colby kansas population was like a thousand heads yeah and he's like but all the texas guys that i signed are going to be coming with me he's like you can stay at southwest or you can come with me and get a full ride here so i was just like nah dude i've been talking to you all fucking summer bro like let's go yeah so then spent my two years in kansas you know got my education got my associates i progressed and then my last two years of college i went to sam houston university coach parker mm-hmm. so is that division one division yeah. one yeah mm-hmm. and i mean that was houston man so yeah <laughs> that was there, a good experience yeah it so. was a good experience in itself yeah,
1: for sure did you did you party in in oh, south houston
0: dude i used to live with so i lived in a in a house with four of the runners yeah. so we lived in a house it was five five guys uh uh-huh. it was me clint memo logan and mm-hmm our other friend patrick uh-huh. and we started hosting like halloween parties oh, christmas shit. parties and that's when twitter was popping dude <laughs> like, twitter was actually twitter yeah and i remember putting out on one of the the twitter feeds like hey we're gonna have a cross-country party and that's when hashtags were a thing too yeah and people would click it and it would go and you would see everything and i did that one year and holy shit man
1: <laughs> like you had like how had, many heads there bro <sighs>
0: It was like Project X, man. Really? Yeah. So, like, 100 plus, probably. Yeah. There's there's things I can't really speak about. <laughs> <laughs> but, but if they're watching, they know. Yeah. I mean, shit, bro. We, damn. Yeah. I, I can't KGF. even speak about it. But that shit is, yeah. oh, man, we had some good times in college. Yeah. I mean, the parties were just absolutely nuts.
1: I mean, it got shut down at one point.
0: No, dude, because we lived in, like, a rich-ass little cul-de-sac neighborhood. So, really? our neighbors were were super cool. Yeah. But... Yeah, the parties would just get crazy. the The house was pretty big, so we, the backyard was big, so everybody was just flooding through all directions. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, college was fun, man. I mean, Sam Houston was fun in itself. The football team, we are Division One, so mm-hmm. there's FCS and FBS, right? Yeah. FBS is the big schools, FCS are the smaller schools, but we made it to the national championship twice. Wow. Okay. And we that team played against Carson Wentz, oh, South yeah. Dakota State. Yeah so i mean we got our ass kicked but uh-huh. i mean every year or every every week it was just espn tailgates yeah. i mean we were drinking so it was all a the good good
1: ass college experience yeah that's good and so you graduated with your bachelor's yeah i graduated yeah. my
0: bachelor's in history and then my minor in kinesiology yeah. yeah and
1: so what'd you end up uh what what were your plans like looking forward that you saw what you see yourself doing at that time
0: so i mean i grew up with teachers mm-hmm. you know my dad being the head custodian. My mom's being a teacher. My sisters are teachers and coaches at the time. I figured that was going to be my path too. Mm-hmm. And then because of running and all that stuff, yeah. I wanted to do that as well. Yeah. So when I graduated, I had came back to El Paso. I was kind of applying for jobs here and there, and I was like, you know what? Let me have some fun. For another year, let me see what I can do that involves teaching. Yeah. And that's how I got into China, dude. Yeah,
1: that that's where I was i was really curious about so yeah how'd you come across that bro because yeah i'm curious about that What how'd that come about
0: man i was just <laughs> spontaneous and on a mission to just not be at home yeah so right. you just
1: want you just wanted to take a year to really just enjoy yourself like obviously work but just do not go completely into like your career path that yeah you wanted. yeah
0: i mean i wanted to get some experience teaching but yeah. I was Googling stuff, and I was looking at certain places to go, and then I came across that website, the LANU Culture Exchange Center. Mm-hmm. And at first, I kind of thought it was sketchy, but mm-hmm. me being me, I was just like, I'm going to just keep messaging these people. Yeah. And they were like, okay, this is what we're going to offer. This is what we can pay for. This is how you're going to get here. This is what we're going to be giving you, and this is what you're going to be doing. Wow. And then, bro, it was like literally from one day to the next. I mean... <laughs> I hopped on a plane and I was in fucking China. Yeah. And, and so
1: did you, uh, yeah. So it just happened really quick. Like you didn't even, did you even think twice about it? Or it was no, just like, bro. fuck it. Like I
0: just fuck it. My mom was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and then, you know, during that time I was fresh out of college, bro. Yeah. So I wasn't really working. Yeah, My parents actually funded me to get there. Really? Okay. So I was just like, you know what, mom fund me to get there and I'll pay you back with yeah. the money that I'm going to make out there. Yeah. And my mom and my dad being the way they are, they were like, all right, so, they funded me to go out there as far as just the plane ticket.
1: Were you one of the first people, like, in this area to, like, go out there to China? Like, be one of the first, like, um, do what you did, like, the teachers out there? Did I know of? Yes.
0: Because yeah. when I got out there, I'm just a social butterfly, man. So, yeah. I I made some connections out there. And I actually became the ambassador yeah. for that company. Yeah. And then they had asked me to recruit for them. In the bring, U.S.? Yeah, just to bring any Americans yeah. we could. So, that's how I got homegirl lexi out there first mm-hmm. i got lexi martinez out there and she dove in right away bro yeah i mean she was so dedicated she learned the language i mean that's something that i couldn't do is she still out there no but she's no. really associated with them still Oh, okay mm-hmm. yeah yeah she's i know she still practices um mandarin i know i think she still teaches some classes yeah and then from there that's when your sister-in-law yeah joanna jo- that's when she reached out she was just like hey i'm interested so i was just like "Bet." here here's uh the information for lani who was the director of this this company and then she got in there bro and she became super successful
1: yeah i mean she that's kind of that was the beginning of her path of like traveling doing the youtube like um really i mean yeah what they're doing now is a little bit different but all of it had a role in her leaving to china i mean that's why my brother went out there like that's how in a way that's why i went to travel like thailand and everything because i just saw them like do that shit so i mean yeah that's that's a very were you nervous like hopping on that plane bro what's going through your head like that first plane right over there like are you excited are you nervous are you like what the fuck am i doing or like what's what's going on
0: i mean the whole time i was just like man i can't wait to land and kind of see what the hell i'm getting into yeah because i was just spontaneous from the Mm get-go I didn't visualize or see any type of consequences. I was always looking through the positive aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell am I going to be doing? What type of people I'm going to be meeting? Yeah. Who I'm going to be going out with? Like, how I'm going to be implementing, you know, teaching into a foreign country? Yeah. You know? And I just remember flying in to Shanghai. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm going to see, like, the skyline and everything like that oh god it was just nothing bro just pure smog really pollution oh everything yeah and i'm like what the fuck is this yeah. <laughs> and then from there i flew into changsha where changsha, the principal yeah. of the school picked me up oh shit and that's where i developed the culture shock bro i was like that's where i figured holy shit where am i yeah because the first thing they did was they took my ass to the restaurant and they knew what they were doing they're not sick. <laughs> took mass to a restaurant they're like do you want some wine and i'm thinking you know the type of wine my mom drinks red wine or just regular ass wine hell no bro Uh this (laughs) chinese shit was some everclear (laughs) they got me fucked up the first night really it was me and my principal and lonnie we got fucked up Uh (laughs) i mean i ate you know rice yeah i ate some dumplings the first meal there you know the chopsticks and everything and then straight into it bro they just started giving me fucking shots just drinking just wine you want wine i'm like yeah yeah yeah. and then i just they drink over there bro oh (laughs) dude they drink i mean yeah fuck i mean every time we would finish a lesson i would meet the teachers and we would just go play basketball running from the apartment and that's all we did bro they would take me to go play basketball we would play basketball and then we would go eat afterwards and then we would just drink <laughs> and, and you said
1: that was like almost every day bro. every right? every day bro.
0: <laughs> i'm surprised i didn't gain any type of weight out there yeah because i was drinking every day
1: yeah what do you think that is bro because every other place like i remember going to thailand like i ate a lot bro like and street food and i felt like i was eating all the time but for whatever reason like people aren't that big over there at all bro like everybody's kind of slim like is it just a way of life like where you were was it very everybody was walking like yeah oh, everybody was walking
0: yeah, yeah everybody e- either you were taking a taxi or you were taking the taxi motorbike that okay, was it yeah but i pretty much walked everywhere i bought a bike so mm-hmm. i was just cycling everywhere do you miss that lifestyle hell yeah dude yeah. it's so simple yeah i mean just walking out and just getting onto the bike and just going to some random place and then where we lived i mm-hmm. mean joanna can can tell you too was the national park yeah and then we got it for free because we were teachers. Uh-huh. So we can go in there any day of the week, anytime we wanted. And really? we would just hike all different places. Yeah. So I think that's where I kind of kept the le- level of fitness, right? Yeah. That and basketball.
1: And there, there were some good hoopers out there.
0: Yeah, dude. I yeah. mean, some some of the teachers, they took me to, like, these professional leagues.
1: Yeah, I remember you saying you played in front of crowds and I shit. I played in
0: front of big-ass crowds, <laughs> dude. And they <laughs> were, like, it was like playing in the NBA, dude. Like, yeah. Back over there in China, they're crazy for basketball. Yeah crazy and especially if you're a foreigner i mean i was getting my last name shouted i don't <laughs> even know how they pr- even pronounced it bro but it was crazy out there yeah just i'm like what the hell yeah no and for sure. it was competitive i mean there were some good kids out there that mm-hmm. played i mean and then me talking shit i don't <laughs> think they understood what i was saying and yeah. vice versa i know they're telling me some <laughs> shit but man it was cool it was cool to be out there and you know them kind of just going out there and then you know we would do what we needed to do
1: yeah it's crazy how a uh, basketball is like a universal language in a way oh yeah because i remember like i played i played out there i played in a like a pickup game it was just random like i just walked to a park and there was these dudes playing like big ass motherfuckers like six seven six eight but like it's just insane that like you can just pick up go to another country and then you guys can just like just play this one game that everybody just knows bro i, I thought that was that's insane to me yeah um,
0: Basketball really brings a lot of people together, to yeah, be honest. Yeah. For sure. I think more than any other sport.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, yeah, and so um, so you were in China, and then how long were you in, so you were in Changsha. When did you start, like, hopping into other places in, like, South in Asia, basically? Because you did a lot of traveling out there, right?
0: Yeah, so the first 10 months, uh, obviously, we had our teaching, right? Mm-hmm. And we had one month off out of the 10 months for just complete vacation. Because
1: New Year, the Chinese New Year, right? Something yeah. Like that.
0: So that's when I started going to like the stuff that I learned in, in high school and college, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, one of the main places I really wanted to go was Xi'an. Xi'an.
1: That's yeah. in China?
0: Yeah, Terracotta Warriors. Okay, I've yeah. never heard
1: of that. What's, what's the story behind that?
0: So I don't know the exact year, like the specific year. I know it was in 1970s. 1970s, some farmer was just out there and he was just digging up a well. And as he was digging, he came across a statue. Mm-hmm. So he started digging more. He came across another statue. Lo and behold, he came across thousands of statues just underneath the ground of what? terracotta warriors. And the thing, the unique thing about those things or those statues is that every single face wasn't the same. Every single statue had a unique face to it. So that farmer found thousands upon thousands of terracotta warriors back in the Shang Dynasty for China.
1: Warriors, like just statues of the warriors? Yeah, statues of
0: warriors. Um, And until this day, they're still finding more, right?
1: You're talking thousands of just individual statues. Yeah,
0: thousands. I mean when i was in there i was like holy shit because i remember watching national geographics with my pops because i was a history guy back then yeah. i mean my degree's in history yeah, so yeah, yeah. watching national geographics i would see the terror wars i'm like damn one of these days i'm going to be watching those things i'm yeah. going to see them and just to be there and kind of watching it and observing and looking at all these statues and you know watching the instructors kind of give you the education on it it was wild to me Psst. now so that was the first place i went to go travel when i had the time to
1: yeah, and and, the, and how long, how far was that from you, where you were living?
0: So, we took a bus from Wuling Yan, where we were teaching, to Changsha, and then from Changsha, you would take a flight to Xi'an. And so... And flights
1: are cheap over there, no? Super cheap. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I spent like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Round trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know we get there we stayed in the square which is just the big huge town and from there they have the shyang warriors they have the square they have the muslim quarters and then that's where i ventured out to the world's most dangerous hike what's that called the world's most dangerous oh, hike for real? <laughs> <laughs> so um <laughs> i saw that in high school a documentary in that in high school
1: damn so all these places you had like you already yeah Yeah,
0: like I had already like kind of researched them, Mm -hmm. but I knew about them. So when I toured Xi'an and saw the Terracotta Warriors, and I I did the Muslim quarters, I did all that stuff. It was I think an hour from or Xi'an to um the most dangerous hike. Mm -hmm. So you take a bullet train and you get straight there. As soon as you hop off, you see the mountains, and I mean it's just thousands of feet in the air, man. And there's two ways to do about it. You either go on a 8 to 10-hour hike, depending on how long it's going to take you to get up there, or you just take the tram. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, me, I took the fucking hike the whole way up. And I was by myself. So, I just went up the whole time. And it was winter, so it was snowing. God damn. So, I think no one, no, no one was with you? No one was with me, bro. It was the most incredible feeling so, I've ever So, bro, felt. all right.
1: What, like, what is... Because, I mean, 8 to 10 hours just by yourself. Like, a lot of people have trouble just even having a few minutes to themselves, like a few hours. So like, it's just crazy to me. You're in a foreign country, just on the world's most dangerous hike, like just by yourself and just doing this. Like, what do you think that comes from, bro? Like that has to come from somewhere. Like just, you, you just enjoy the time by yourself or like, what, what are you thinking about throughout this? Or like, you're just kind of seeing the scenery. Like, what is that? Cause that's, I think that's unique to me. Like not many people have that
0: i think it's just more of just my thoughts yeah i like to just think about random shit or Mm -hmm. just think about maybe the future or what i'm gonna be doing the next day Mm -hmm. and then plus like music's a big influence on me so uh believe it or not that's when drake dropped if you're reading this it's too late oh shit so i had i had that and then i had j cole Uh forest hill drive he dropped that as well yeah so i had those two albums dude and just hiking in China, bro. Just, just hiking in China. These. So I think kind of, I guess it ties into it. But when I listen to those albums, I think about vividly of my hike up there. Yeah. And it kind of helps me. But just, wow. I've always traveled by myself. Recently, I haven't because of work and everything. But, I mean, I've always liked to just be by myself when I travel. Because mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about people's time management. I yeah. could just do what I want to do exactly so, you're on your own schedule yeah you can, i'm on my own schedule shit if i want to go to this place i'm going to go to it yeah if that other person doesn't want to go to it well you can eat what you want you can, i can eat yeah. what i want yeah i can make my own itinerary i'll just do what i need to do yeah so that whole hike man was just pretty much mental clarity i did meet some <laughs> i met a little chinese girl out there <laughs> and she was pretty much with me like half of it yeah not by choice but i was just like all right cool yeah. I mean, she was cute <laughs> nothing happened yeah <laughs> uh, but she was cute but she she stayed yeah. with me the whole time and i don't know what the hell she was saying because we had to translate through phone bro like she yeah. had no lick of english obviously i don't know mandarin yeah, yeah. so that's how we were kind of talking to mm, each just other just google translate yeah mm-hmm. and yeah man the whole way the way the whole way up there you mm. know at that point i kind of got like irritated because i'm like damn she's got to get out of here <laughs> <laughs> i want to be myself yeah you know? but getting up there so it's called the plank walk mm-hmm. and there's planks that are attached to the mountain just wood planks bro like mm-hmm. they kill you yeah if you fall you're dead <laughs> so there's two ways to do it you could be me and just walk straight through it with no straps or nothing yeah or you can get the strap and just walk straight through with it and then there's like a little metal rig that you kind of hold the straps with and then you just keep going like a rope yeah right so you won't fall but i was like man i'm out here you by myself if i die breath. if i die well fuck it at least <laughs> i did something cool but yeah man it's 150 meters from one end to the other end then you get to the other end and there's just an overview and that's it you just look at pretty much the whole mountain that you just climbed yeah and then
1: were you fucking on instagram with this shit at this yeah point? dude yeah. i actually have it on instagram yeah
0: it's not on my i put it in my archives yeah but yeah i have have the instagram clip of me actually being on it and kind of like using the rope to kind of sway yeah. back on
1: it bro mm-hmm. i need to see all this shit bro you got to make like a like a gallery of all this like i don't know just something like that but that's that that's badass so are you like an adrenaline like an adrenaline junkie yeah yeah
0: i do some i did some stupid shit back in the day yeah man. i mean just, just for the adrenaline.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck, bro, that's insane. Did you do the Great Wall of China? Obviously, yeah, right?
0: I, d- I did the Great Wall of China. Um, oh, actually ran the marathon out there. Oh shit! The Great Wall Marathon. Damn. So that was, was cool.
1: And it's a lot bigger than people imagine, right? It's oh, humongous. It's
0: just, it goes on for miles. Yeah. And it's big. It's not a good place to run because it's just so rugged you know
1: real oh so it's not like it, it's not flat whatsoever it's, like it's very some
0: parts are flat but you get you kind of like the rugged kind of uh, rocky stuff so yeah. it wasn't it was fun but fucking sucked after
1: yeah where else did you go in in asia
0: so i went to soshian shanghai beijing hong kong yeah hong kong yeah. i went to dali 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 is like a huge place for foreigners man i mean.
2: In China, yeah. yeah,
0: anywhere you anywhere anything that you think you can eat, it's gonna be in Dali. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you were an American going into Asia, because over there, weed is banned, right? Yeah, it's like criminalized mm-hmm. out there. But I remember getting there, and that's all they were fucking selling out there. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. And I was like, I'm good on <laughs> good. that, but yeah. but seeing that, I mean, there was a bunch of Americans out there, and they established like an american base an indian base a european base like it was just the whole culture myth so i think that was one of the coolest places besides Mm Xi'an, that was the craziest place i went to yeah
1: macau did you go to macau
0: no no there's another place that i went to where the fucking there's the the pandas i'm I'm sure joanne and javier went there but i forgot the Mm -hmm. specific name too i went there yeah where the pandas are at all the Mm -hmm. bamboos and everything um i went to mongolia mongolia yeah. i did the mm. mongolia tour shit. stayed in fucking huts with some uh. big ass fucking huge grizzly bear looking dudes bro <laughs> holy shit man yeah i don't know what the hell i was doing back then but yeah man i mean i didn't even take a pair of clothes man i, I smelled for like a week straight <laughs> that's how long that tour was really it was a straight week of just eating I can't even pronounce the words <laughs> as far as the food that I was getting eaten with but Yeah. Man.
1: Did you do uh did you go to see Mount Everest? No, I didn't no. go to see Mount Everest. Okay. What about Thailand?
0: Yeah, I went to yeah. um Chocolate Beach.
1: Chocolate Beach. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was there for only 2 days. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was just like a
1: stop type thing. Yeah, it what was. What about um you went to Japan, right? No, I didn't go to Japan. Japan. No. That's on my list for sure, bro. Japan. Tokyo. Tokyo. Yeah, or um, Vietnam. I want to go to Vietnam too. That's one of my...
0: So my oldest sister, she lived in Vietnam. Or my oldest sister, she lived all over the world, bro. Mm -hmm. Right now she's in Armenia. But I regret not making the time to go visit her when she was in the Philippines, to visit her when she was in India. What does she do out there? So she's a doctor, but my... My uncle actually works for the World Bank. So he he gets established different countries and he gets those different type of countries or cities out of poverty and he establishes a banking system. Oh shit. So yeah, right now she's in Armenia and I mean
1: Do you have any other siblings?
0: I got four older sisters.
1: Oh shit.
0: I'm the yeah. youngest. Really? I'm the only boy.
1: So do you have a bunch of like nieces and nephews? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And you don't have any kids?
2: no hell, <laughs> hell no <laughs>
1: respectfully respectfully yeah
0: no but, um no i think i not that i'm selfish but i think i'm too selfish to have a kid if that makes sense i don't know if that makes sense
1: i think i know a lot of people that like i mean just judging off what you're telling me like you, you seem like you value a lot of time like to yourself right
0: yeah i i just like to do what i what i want to do mm-hmm. i mean i don't i hate to say that's selfish but i, I maybe that's but you're something.
1: not a selfish person like you have a lot of Like, you can see in your actions that it's not selfish. It's just more so like, because I know a lot of people that are like that. Were, I mean, my brother and Joe, they don't want kids. Like they they actively make that known, but it's just more so about they're just kind of happy. Like they feel like they can. Yeah, they're they're perfectly fine without having kids. I mean, it's a huge responsibility, bro. So
0: yeah, I mean, back then I didn't believe in marriage. I didn't believe in having kids. I think it was just more of. Hey, if you love me for who I am, we don't need any of that. Yeah. But, you know, a woman's perspective. I mean, growing up with women, right? Yeah. All my sisters wanted kids. All my sisters wanted to be married, which they all are. You know what I'm saying? But.
1: Do you want to get married?
0: I didn't. Someone changed my mind about that. Ooh, a special someone? Yeah, back then, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, She, she changed my mind about marriage and having kids and stuff like that, so... All power to her on that. It really opened my eyes. Of yeah. I was thinking more back then of the selfish type of things. Yeah. But she kind of like put into perspective of, you know, more family oriented things, more real life perspective. So well, you know,
1: what, what what changed your mind in a way?
0: Just more of the, the parenting and the developmental side of things of, you know, seeing someone just grow up and kind of finding their way in life yeah kind of she opened up that kind of light in me mm-hmm, for sure to kind of see like look this is if you're going to create something this is what you're going to see yeah growing up with it and then it made sense you know being teacher um doing what i do now i mean it, it all makes sense now yeah back then i was kind of ignorant to her like yeah. i don't really care yeah but i guess it made more sense when she kind of explained it yeah are
1: you single yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh Do you, what do you feel like, uh, do you feel like dating has changed, like in
0: recent years? Yeah. Society, yeah. I mean. In what way? um, Social media. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's how you're going to hit somebody up one of these days. Yeah. You're going to DM them. Back then, I mean, either you would have to call their phone and speak to their parents first and be like, hey, I'm going to speak to your daughter.
1: Do you, do you, do you have a memories of that?
0: Okay, dude, that, that? was the Damn dude. Yeah. I, you have to
1: raise up the mom first before you actually. <laughs> I remember the adrenaline of that. The yeah.
0: landlines, your, your home yeah. phones, bro. Just calling. I'd be like, Hey, can I speak to like Denise? <laughs> and they'd be like, who's this? I'm like, Oh shit, it's Freddie. And they'd be like, all right, hold on. Or That's you insane, would just hope bro. that, that, that girl you're calling is going to pick, is going to pick up or you'd be on the AOL chat. <laughs> myspace <laughs> oh, myspace dude aol just the landlines all that calling yeah.
1: did you ever dad pick up
0: oh yeah bro yeah they would just talk shit <laughs> <laughs> who, who the fuck you is <laughs> straight up bro and then they would yeah. hang up really? but then i would call again hoping that the girl would answer and then they would answer and be like oh thank god yeah but i remember all that stuff man i mean they used to have free after nine o'clock you would have free text messages back then you would have to pay for per text messages like two cents or three cents right Fuck, my bro. parents are like hell no i'm not gonna <laughs> get you a phone but i would i would um get my sister's phones and i would be texting off their phones because after nine o'clock you would get free messages yeah so i would just be texting uh. them. what's up like, well, so what are you doing let's go to the movies on Trans Mountain.
1: <laughs> that's crazy how shit's changed now bro like it's insane how do you think it's uh what are some like ways you've seen negatively get impacted dating by Um, social media
0: i think nowadays a lot of girls have a lot of clicks so my friend actually mentioned this the other day she was like or not the other day today she was just like a lot of people have a lot of clicks right so if you're not a part of that click or at least that female click then you ain't shit to them Mm -hmm. is what i was tracking right yeah it kind of makes sense because if they don't know you then they're not going to Talk to you. Yeah. And that's just because it's influenced by their friends. Yeah. And that's what I feel like makes day a lot of hard. Yeah. Shit's crazy.
1: No, for sure. I mean I can see that. I mean, it's just human you kinda just translate human nature into like social media. Like do you, you agree with that? Like kinda the like clicky nature of, of things? Yeah. We were talking about this bro, like about how like the friends influence everything, bro. Yeah. So for sure. Yeah even if friends like a, a lot of these friends don't don't give the best advice, for sure. They only know so much; they're just like dealing off with, like you know so much information. Yeah,
0: yeah, man. I mean, it's like judging your book by its cover. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't judge the book by your cover, man. Get to know the person. Yeah. Don't don't go someone, go don't go based off someone's influence yeah. or word. Get to know the person first. Yeah. And then make that decision if you're gonna judge the person or not. Because that girl that you're with maybe had a bad experience through word of mouth through another girl. Yeah. And then that's just gonna put negative limelight on you mm-hmm. without them even knowing a lick about you. Yeah. And exactly. God, I hate that.
1: Man. <laughs> especially, especially in El Paso, bro. Like, you, you, everybody has a story. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows, like, uh, the fact that everybody's connected in a way. You can build a uh, reputation like really quick. If you're not, like, kind of careful, Super right? Super quick, man. Yeah. I
0: mean, let's face it. Gossip? Yeah, for sure. It's a hell of a thing, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, if one thing bad is said about you, that's it. Yeah. That's what people are going to perceive you as. Yeah. Do you
1: do you feel like a lot of people look at, like, influence on social media and ju- like judge people by that? Like, whether they're going to talk to them or not? Yep. Yeah.
0: Yep. It's It's not what you know. It's who you know. Yeah. For most people, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't say all, but for most people, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. If you're not within that clique, referring back to it, if you're not within that clique, then you're not fucked with.
1: Mm, yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that, bro. And I've
0: seen it many times, man. Yeah. And a lot of people get wrapped up on the presence, mm-hmm. like how you look towards other people, where you want other people kind of to perceive on you. Mm-hmm. Like your image, basically, yeah. right? Everybody looks upon the image. Like, I was one of those guys mm-hmm. back then. I thought image was everything. Yeah. I thought if I were to do this, it's gonna attract a certain crowd. Yeah. But now, to be honest, I really don't care. Yeah. I mean, At what
1: point did that change for you? Would you say? Is there something that happened that kind of made you realize it? Or was it just like through growth,
0: overall. It, it was growth and yeah. a person that made me feel that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah okay yeah they kind of helped me kind of see the bigger picture of things and then as they were calling me out on it i would realize like damn they're right i'm spending too much energy thinking that mindset yeah versus who gives a shit just do what you need to do mm-hmm. and do it freely yeah so sure
1: so you feel free in a way now oh yeah i feel yeah. real free yeah
0: i just i feel my feel like myself yeah just relaxed waking up in the morning do what i need to do do what i want to do and dress feel good however I'm now yeah you know
1: that's the best thing bro whenever you just feel like you can be yourself because let's face it bro a lot of people feel like they can't do that or they're they they do not do that because of whether like the reputation they have or just um whether i think social media has a lot to do with it where like everybody's just trying to like make it seem like they have a certain lifestyle when it's not like maybe not completely the case. But I feel like with honestly, just being yourself is the most important thing, bro. Like I feel like I wouldn't have certain people around me or like attract certain, like such good people if I wasn't myself, you know? Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. That's so for me, like the run club, right? Mm -hmm. I, I get to meet a lot of people and I think now still people think, Because I'm so sociable, they think I'm flirty. Mm. That's not the case. Yeah. I'm just really sociable. And I don't think a lot of people are used to that. Yeah. Or maybe someone else's perspective is just like, hey, no, he's just trying to flirt with you or Mm. whatever, vice versa. But yeah. No, that's not the case, man.
1: I've I've gotten that too, though. I've gotten that I'm like, I come off as flirtatious, but I think I flirt with everybody. Like, not to make that sound weird, but I think like, you i've heard a, a term where it's like you you kind of have to flirt with the world in a way to like that that's if you if you go about it like that like you just make a bunch of different connections like it can be the old lady at a, like at, at a store like just it could be a dude bro but like it's just it's it's not necessarily flirting it's like just the way you carry yourself like it's just a way of just being sociable like you said And like I said, I've had the same thing said to me, but it's just really...
0: I mean, it's crazy, man. It's 50-50. You don't never Mm. know which side of person that you're going to get. Yeah. And shit, perfect example. I went to a Circle K just before I got here. And the lady was super nice. Was was, it the one right here? Yeah.
1: Bro, uh, it might be the same girl, bro, because she, like... Every time I go in there, bro, I have a great experience. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> so she's like a
0: short little motonita. Yes,
1: bro. Yes, dude. So I walked in. She makes in. me feel amazing every time I go I, in there, bro. I
0: walked in. She goes, because I, I went to get some gum, and she's just like, "What are you going on a date, <laughs> bro?"
3: <laughs> tell me why,
1: <laughs> bro. Tell me why. Like I was, I was dressed up one time, like pretty dressed up, and I was going on a date but i walked in there and she said the same thing like where are you going like who are you going to see you're like something but i i just thought that was awesome bro just like because she doesn't have to do that bro like like i thought that was cool and like she she gives good energy every time yeah. bro.
0: so i was just like no nah, i'm actually not going out of day i'm mm-hmm. gonna go meet up my friend she goes well you're smelling too good to be meeting a friend <laughs> and i'm like i didn't know how to like be like oh i'm gonna be on a podcast yeah but then she looked at my shirt and she was just like honor the gift she's like what does that mean to you and i looked at her i was like well what's your gift She goes, my gift is being friendly, talking to people. And I'm like, so is mine. Yeah. And then from there, she's like, I like you. Yeah. I was like, you have a good day or (laughs) a good night. And I was just like, well, you too. Thank you. And then she was like, God bless. (laughs) And people like that, bro. It's it's rare to find just people that actually want to conversate with people. Yeah. Or just be very spontaneous and not care if you don't even know the person, just. Here's my energy. Yeah. Flow with it.
1: That interaction is like everything, bro. Like, she doesn't have to do that. Like, you can go in. She could, like, fucking just, like, scan your items and fucking, like, not even say shit, you know?
0: People are so cool, man. I mean, so let's get into my job, right? Yeah, yeah. So I work crisis intervention. Mm -hmm. So I work nothing but suicidal calls. Really? Yeah. That's all I do. I don't do it just because... I want to do i do it because i would hope to change somebody's aspect in life Mm -hmm. i want to engage with that person i want to know what that person is going through even if i don't or ever experience what they're going through in life i hope my words can help them change their mindset and it's amazing to me man because the majority of my calls are young teenagers to older adults right And every story is different, whether they're going through a divorce, whether they're going through, you know, a family death whether they're going through life experiences where pretty much, you know, they get laid off from a job or, you know, they're not living up to the expectations. (coughs) I mean, just sitting there. And the thing about crisis intervention is that I have all the time in the world during that call. Mm -hmm. So I can literally sit down and just talk to somebody and say, you know what? let's kind of look at the baseline of what you're going through and let's see if we can fix it. I was like, I got all the time in the world. You just let me know how you want me to help you. So I just want people to open up to me. Mm-hmm. And the majority of the time, dude, a lot of people open up to me and it's cool to see. I mean, that's insane. That, that job.
1: How'd I, you get into that?
0: Cause I'm very sociable.
1: Yeah. So they actually, they put you in there. Or you yeah. Need, so
0: yeah. when that, when that uh division opened up for our department um i didn't get it at first and uh, a female actually got picked before me and i remember being just super bummed because i knew i was going to be good at it Mm -hmm. but at that time i was just seven months in with the department and i I was considered a rookie still right Mm -hmm. i mean i still am you know i'm still learning every single day right even being with the department for two and a half years but i was super bummed because i knew I was meant for that job and you know a couple of weeks later you know they had took me to some home interviews with you know meeting some of the rookies and going to the house and talking to them and kind of just being the face of another rookie Mm -hmm. you know that I went with sergeants with and it wasn't until I got the text message and it said hey this person opt out you're going to be in the position of crisis intervention oh wow so I was super happy man Mm -hmm. And just going through the training for a month and then meeting my specialist who rides with me everywhere. She's a mental health specialist, so okay, she's a yeah. civilian. So she rides with me in my patrol unit. We go to every single call together. She's with me 24-7. And, you know, we click just like that.
1: How many calls do you get on a on a shift?
0: Man, it, it varies. It varies. I mean, one day we can get just no calls. But we'll, we'll go do follow-ups on previous calls that we kind of went out to. Or there's days where we just get hit with, like, one, two, three, four calls. Wow. So and it's
1: calls from those people that are. No, con- no. This is just. Oh, someone who knows that they're contemplating it. Yeah. Wow. And the st- I'm sure, like, the stories you hear, right, are, like, pretty insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah.
0: Man. Uh, I can't even put into words of what type of things that I've experienced. Mm-hmm what type of things that.
1: So you literally talk people out of ending their lives.
0: Yeah. Or they just, some people do what they do because they need somebody to come talk to them. Mm. And like policing, right back then there wasn't crisis intervention team in El Paso. I mean, it's fairly new. It's been like three, four years already. And a lot of officers don't know how to talk to people that are going through a crisis. Mm-hmm. And that's why they developed this team to get officers who want to talk to these type of people, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes it could be overwhelming and sometimes it can be repetitive, but you got to have patience for sure. And that's what I knew I had because that's the way I was taught to always just listen.
1: Did you understand the mental health aspect of it? Like what some of these people might be going through? Yeah. Or did you, Did you learn that, or is that something you dealt with?
0: No, I mean, it's something that I've learned. Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't say I wouldn't have any, I mean, thank God I didn't have any, like, experiences like that. Yeah. But I just feel like the type of person that I know I am, Mm -hmm. that can be so open and just willing to listen, I feel like I could be a good asset to that. For sure. Or those people.
1: Yeah. And how do you approach, like, sure everything's everybody's different but what are you trying to how are you trying to approach it where you know you can have this person like open up to you in a way
0: active listening man yeah i I let them know from the beginning i said how do you want me to help you that's my first question how is it that you want me to help you because obviously i'm here for a reason right how would you want me to help you or to guide you or to give you the resources to pull through on whatever you need to do
1: and these people are in a terrible stage. Like, a lot of them are probably, you can see it in their face or just, like...
0: Yeah, a yeah. lot of them, you can actually see it, man. I mean, you, you have to be there physically to kind of see the face that I'm going to describe for most people that are contemplating or are just borderline, just done with, mm-hmm. you know, life. Yeah. And you kind of have to kind of gauge yourself to understand it. But, I mean it's kind of hard to explain it, but you have to be there physically to see their face in order for you to react and say what you need to say. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm a good, it it all relies on body language. So I think I, I show good body language and I I'm deeply concerned, you know, Mm -hmm. and what helps me is my specialist. Right. But it's crazy, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, you saying the listening, I think that's huge. Like you can, you can tell when someone's like, like you said, active listening where there's one thing where it's just like, you're, you're hearing someone talk and you're just there, but like someone feels when you're actually like hearing them out, you know? And that's what a lot of people sometimes uh, that's what most of us need. Just someone to be there. Like, especially like, I know when, when I've gone through some of like my toughest moments, cause I mean, that's the reason I started this, like the, like this podcast was mental health, you know? Um, And it was really just maybe not even having to talk to someone, but just knowing that there was someone that understood what I was going through because, yeah, everybody's case is different. But you just you just want someone like having someone that I can relate to is like really big is also.
0: So and the one thing I stir away from is that I tell how it is. Mm -hmm. I don't lie. I got I got to tell him how it is, man, Mm -hmm. because for those people that are in crisis, why lie? You mm-hmm. got to be just very stern and be like, look, man, this is the outcome of it. If you keep doing what you're going to be doing, this is what it's going to lead to. Mm-hmm. And that's not what you want. Yeah. And I think a lot of people respect the truth more than a simple lie that's going to make them feel better for maybe a couple of minutes or an hour. A day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For sure. I tell them, hey, if you keep going through this mindset, eventually it's going to lead up to this. Yeah. Are you going to want that? And a lot of people reconsider when I say that. Mm-hmm.
1: Have you had unsuccessful uh, calls or unsuccessful um, cases, basically?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, those are some things that you're just going to have to deal with in this field. Yeah. There's a lot of failures, right? Mm. But for every failure, there's always going to be something positive out of it of how to approach it the next time if it happens. Mm -hmm. Right. But, I mean, it's 50-50. Yeah. You can give the best advice and... It still goes through the deep end. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking, mm-hmm. to be honest. I mean for the most part that's what I try to stir away from and I do my absolute best and I take my time to make sure those people are good. But at the end of the day, sometimes no matter how way or many ways you put it, it, it yeah, it doesn't work, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's
1: the mind is insane, bro. What where it can lead you where it feels like you really have no other no other choice or like what you're going through in that moment is like you're not you're never gonna feel better you know so i mean i know a lot of people that have experienced that and i know a lot of people that have gotten out of that which is good but there's definitely people that don't where it's just yeah that's tough man
0: and a homie of mine actually he had reached out to me on some we went on a run Mm -hmm. and i did not expect this but we were just running and he 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 started just talking about some some concerning things. Yeah, and then from there, as he was as we were running, he it would progress a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I figured out what he was talking about. So did he know what you do? I was yeah, like, he yeah. he knew what I did. So yeah. I think I think that's the reason why he came to run with me. And I was concerned because. Like you said, like I told you, m- you can tell somebody something, but they won't take it because they keep referring back to the negative. Mm-hmm. And that's already solidified in their head. So that was my main concern. So my, competitive came mess, my competitiveness came out of me and I was like, man, that's not the thing. That's not how I look at you. That's not how other people look at you. We can fix it. And if you just focus at one thing from one day to the next, it's going to get better. Mm-hmm and he was so adamant about like nah man like that's it i'm done and from one day to the next i just remember being super concerned but getting that text messages maybe two days after we spoke Mm -hmm. and he was just like you know what man i really appreciate you listening to me i you know really really took into consideration of what you were saying and i feel 100 percent better now Mm -hmm um it, i mean i can go more in depth in it but just the simple fact that for what i said and people trust me with their feelings and with yeah. their thought process and then i can help them that's that's pretty good man yeah i no, mean that's amazing
1: i mean in a way that's probably the most Im- obviously there's different things you can do in life but i would put that at the top bro like you helping people continue on their life like that's fucking that's crazy
0: that's yeah, I mean, that's amazing cool, yeah <laughs> There's a there's a dude I go with to at the gym. His name is Marcus. Hmm. What up, Marcus? <laughs> <laughs> but Marcus, we, we, we come up with different scenarios in our heads, and we just talk about random ass shit. Mm-hmm. Like, he'll ask me for some advice, and then he'll tell me straight up, like, motherfucker, you look skinny. <laughs> like, just the other day, yesterday, he comes up to me and goes, all right, man, looks like you're getting back to normal because you're getting a little bigger now. And I'm yeah. like, I was just running. Yeah, I was running, but... Yeah, he pulled me aside and just started talking about some things that he had issues with and then and then he pulled me aside. It was just like I know something's bothering you. Like I guess my really good friends know that mm-hmm. my body language speaks as all Yeah. So For sure. I mean it's, it's cool to get that's that type of feedback. Or people at least know me. Yeah. To understand that I'm either having a bad day or I'm having a good day, you know? Yeah.
1: For sure, bro. I mean, that's big. Who you have around you is like, I mean, we all keep each other going at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody can do this. I don't think anybody can do life completely alone, you know. Um, But, yeah, so you're, I mean, your dad was a really big part of your life. I, I mean, from what I hear growing up, right?
0: Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. My, my dad was, that man was the biggest influence of my life. I mean, when I fucked up, he let me fuck up. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? He didn't bail me out on nothing, just Mm -hmm. like my mom, right? Both of them never bailed me on anything. They let me learn from my consequences. And that's how I grew up to be the man that I am today, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, They really humbled me. But my pops, I mean, that guy was such a hard worker. Mm -hmm. Wake up every morning at 4 a.m., he gets the school ready, you know, blasting freaking Led Zeppelin, Mm -hmm. the Eagles, the Who, iron maiden like Mm -hmm. queen and every morning man i mean he would wake my ass up at four in the morning he would take my ass to open up the school he would take my ass around back then they didn't have signs like how they do now in school zones right Mm -hmm. we would have to physically put the signs in the street oh wow so he would wake me up we'd go around macarthur school put up all the signs this is at four in the morning he would take me to where burgess was at on Edgemere, and we will put up the signs there so he taught me work ethic at a mm-hmm. young age even though i hated it waking up yeah. that early that's what i admire about my pops was his worth ethic mm-hmm. and he was just freaking every day man from four to like 6 p.m like 14 grinding. 16 hour shifts just grinding yeah he loved what he was doing at the school i mean the school was our baby yeah it was his baby and sports he was always there for me he watched every single one of my games. My dad was a big photographer. Mm-hmm. He developed his own films, everything. He had all his recordings on the VHS growing up. I mean, he was just very oriented with us sports-wise, family-wise. You know, even if he didn't have it, he made sure he was going to get it Yeah. to give it to us. And, yeah, he was a big influence. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my pops passed in August. This past August? This past August, yeah. Wow. And that was, I mean, that's one of the biggest, like, it was shocking, man. I mean, yeah. it was, like, from one day to the next. That was he sick? Yeah, cancer.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Cancer got him. Yeah. And it, it happened so, so fast, man. I mean, f- this past July is when he got admitted into the hospital. And then from July all the way till August 11th when he passed, that's how fast they got him
1: so literally he had no idea about cancer prior to a month before wow
0: i mean we we saw my dad kind of get a little skinnier during the years but we just figured he was getting a little older yeah he was losing some weight and then just the workload that he was always doing you know yeah so and then plus my dad bro classic mexican dad yeah never wanted to go to the hospital never wanted to go get checked out yeah he would tell us that he would go do his annual you know yearly checkups and stuff like that and we'd be like oh yeah you know like just like most of me like yeah me, you know but yeah he he was he was a fucking fighter man mm-hmm. and i mean i took my dad's death really hard yeah but i had to practice what i preach and you know stay strong not only for myself but for my family yeah and then
1: what 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 helped you the most like throughout that that time
0: i would say just music his mm. music
1: your mom was with you through that too yeah oh yeah. yeah so
0: my my parents got divorced when i was in third grade but the family was always together mm-hmm. my dad had his his girlfriend my mom has jesus my stepdad but every family party we had my dad and his girlfriend were at the house mm-hmm. and then vice versa we're always with my sisters everything so the family was a family um you know my mom took it hard right but i think all of us kind of took it different yeah every, everybody took it different um the one that really was the strongest was my youngest older sister nancy because mm-hmm. she was the one that accepted my dad into the house under the hospice care mm. and we kind of took turns up until the last day to take care of him yeah but my i mean my sister i don't know how she, how the hell she does it mentally. yeah i mean my grandma lived with my sister and she was there for my grandma's death and then she was there for my dad's death so you know it, it i don't know how the hell she thinks about it yeah but it's it's crazy
1: mm yeah, man, that's... I'm sorry for your loss, bro. That's... No. Yeah, that's... um, But what, what what could you say to someone that... Who... I mean, it's still pretty fresh for you. I mean, that's only a few months ago, bro. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, you've... You've kind of got through that in a way. I'm sure you're still dealing with, like, certain things also. But for someone who just freshly lost someone, like, what what would you say to them? What was something that you would... Just words that they maybe would need to hear that you you felt like would help you in that situation.
0: Well, I think the first thing to address is it doesn't get any easier. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. You gotta be honest about it. Yeah, it really doesn't. And you just gotta be able to find happiness that the person is in a better pace and they're no longer grieving. Right? Mm-hmm. You're no longer in pain. So that's the way I think about it and the second thing i go about is how that person motivated you as an individual like how did my dad impact my life well the dude made me competitive the dude made me a hard worker he made me a go-getter you know he made me enjoy the simple things in life you know even if i didn't have it he made me want to pursue it to get it mm-hmm. so that's what i carry on every single day And that's what I always tell people. Like, appreciate the little things that the loved ones that are no longer here, um, that they give you. Mm -hmm. And that's the way I kind of go about giving advice to people that, you know, lost somebody. Yeah. The main thing is the acceptance. You got to be able to accept it. You got to be able to understand it. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, if you can't do one of those things, it just gets even harder. Yeah. So, I mean... The biggest thing is accepting that it doesn't get easier. Yeah. But then it's just, it's life, man. You can't control, you can't control life or death. Mm -hmm. I mean, death is, it's going to come to every one of us. We're all going to die, yeah. Mm -hmm. Whether it's an accident or whether it's, you know, just life, getting Mm -hmm. older. But, I mean, unfortunately, that's what it is.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you said, I think on the money is like, I'm sure it's different for, everybody like the way they cope but, but I think what resonated with me is like yeah you carry on like basically you taking what he taught you and you just kind of carrying that and you passing that on to everybody else too like who who you know and um I think that's powerful bro cuz in a way you he kind of still lives on through like through you like what he taught you and everything so yeah man that's that's powerful for sure but um what do you what do you feel like you want to Uh, what do you feel like personally you want to accomplish like in the future? Like what is something that you always, you're striving for right now? Or what is something that you have your eyes on set that maybe you have a goal in mind?
0: Man. So the biggest goal for me right now is, well, God willing, I'll be leaving in a couple months, right? Uh, Leaving? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be leaving into a different agency. Okay. And with with me going into a different agency, just pursuing lifelong goals that I've been wanting to do, right, mm-hmm. within that agency. For example, criminal investigations, right, mm-hmm. doing something like that. Or the end game for me is to be an instructor at an academy, mm-hmm. a fitness instructor. Yeah. Something that I would want to do for the rest of my life up until I retire. Yeah. So that's the main goal for me, just coaching, living the lifestyle of that and doing something that i know i'm knowledgeable of and that i can motivate other people to do every single day for sure so you know that's what i'm looking forward to right now yeah and right now i'm actually in an instructor school really so you know it's it's nothing new to me because i was a teacher i know how to do the lesson plans i know how to do the curriculum the syllabuses the objectives so you know just being up in front of people is normal to me yeah talking about knowledgeable things that i know it's normal normal to me so it's pretty easy mm.
1: so how do you ba- how do you balance that's the question how do you balance all of this
0: fuck man it's hard. <laughs> okay it's not hard but you just got to be extremely dedicated yeah um the one thing that i stopped doing was saying that i'm tired because mm. a lot of people say in text messages or when you're talking to your boys or your family members one of the first things that we kind of say i'm tired Fuck, i'm tired today man yeah that's one thing that i completely yeah (laughs) that's one thing that i completely took out of my vocabulary if you want to say yeah so the way i put it is you're not tired you put yourself in that position right if you're gonna work if you're gonna work early well you' working early because maybe you want to make some more money, mm-hmm. well, you put yourself in that position so you're not tired mm-hmm. if you know you get off work late, but you put yourself in that position where you worked early, well, guess what you put yourself in that mm-hmm. position, so you better get your ass to the gym, yeah, even if you're tired, you fucking go do it, yeah, so I try not to say that I'm tired, even though obviously we all wake up tired, yeah right I try not to wake up like you know looking up and like fuck man yeah i'm tired no i'll just pop out of bed and be like all right let's get to it yeah it's
1: very have you heard the term like stoicism like being stoic yeah yeah that's kind of what i think about it's like hold up i can't hear it's
0: time for a henny shot i'm down bro there we go i'm gonna take one (laughs) on camera Yeah, yeah yeah i'm just gonna take it off the bottle you know go ahead bro Yeah. Hey, Henny, sponsor me, please.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah, sponsor the boy, Curry. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> Do you like Henny, bro? Bro, surprisingly, I don't drink Henny that much, but yeah, I'll tell you what, when I drink it, that shit makes me run,
0: man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Loose, man. Hey, you know what? Shout out to my boy Bobby from Houston. We used to hoop every single day back in back at the rec center bobby if you're watching this it's because of you dog <laughs> you got me into handyman Man. yeah back in those apartment days
1: it's actually not it's actually i prefer that over like i mean it's not whiskey it's it's a co- it's called like a cognac or cognac cognac yep i think that tastes like pretty good it's
0: not bad it's actually not
1: smooth bro
2: yeah
0: the real one that they just released was um hennessy white but you can only buy those overseas ah, i saw that yeah yeah, yeah. i had i posted on ig i don't know if you saw that no did you get one or what? yeah so they're having a limited edition sale in the states mm-hmm. i don't know how long they're having but i bought four of those bottles yeah
1: uh, oh shit yeah. yeah how much were they
0: dude they're 90 bucks oh fuck. but I can four. you resell them nah, no it, i mean i don't th- they just let you buy one per person oh okay, okay. i went to four different spots to buy four <laughs> different bottles <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I have them stocked up just in case. Cause I don't know when they're going to not, yeah, not take them out. Sure.
1: And, um, yeah, I think back to what you said, bro. I think I, a lot of it for me now is like, I, I try not to complain now. Like, I think that's a big thing whenever I'm like, cause a lot of us do it, bro. We'll ask like, fuck, I gotta do this. Or like, we'll just be in like a, I know I, sometimes I get in a mood where I'm like, fuck, like I don't want to do this, but um, I think it goes back to that, like just stoicism being stoic is just like, this is like, essentially you got to look at it as like, this is your fucking duty, bro. Like, this is what you got to do. And you're making it like a hundred times harder. You t- that energy that you're using to complaining, like complaining and just like, just kind of, um, not wanting to do it. You telling yourself that that's taking energy away from like what actually needs to be done, you know? So it's like, if you... If you just look at it as like, no, this is my role. Like, this is why I'm here is to fucking get this work done. Like, and who else is gonna do it at the end of the day? Like, it has to be me. So, exactly. like, why? Why am I gonna sit here and complain? Like, work has to get done either way. So, are you gonna do it or you're not? You know. So it's. Uh, I could definitely relate in that, bro. It's just,
0: just always remember, man. You you put yourself in that position for a reason. Yeah. So, whether you're tired, whether you're complaining we'll get over it because you put yourself there yeah that's how i always think about
1: it what's that you have it in your room bro what's that quote that it says um is it pressure is a privilege yes pressure is a privilege and in a way like the more you in a way yeah it could be pressure it could be pressure to like go up and do these things but in a way like you said you put yourself in that position and that just means you have responsibility bro and i think responsibility is like if you have, if you take on, the more responsibility you take on, I feel like the more fulfillment you have in a way. I think like that's where a lot of fulfillment comes from, you know. And the
0: better you handle the pressure. Yeah, exactly. Like when the pressure gets tough, you're going to know how to handle it mm-hmm. because you already put yourself up in the position, maybe in a different aspect. But at the end of the day, it's all the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a good, that's a good quote. Yeah. Pressure is
1: mean, a privilege. I like that a lot. Pressure the
0: privilege or apply the pressure, man. Which yeah. which one are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be the one applying the pressure, you Yeah, know? for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. I think it died. I'm going to yeah. change the battery. So are you going to go to the academy then
0: in a few months? Yeah, the academy in a few months. Where's that? Austin. Austin. Yeah, because this, this past academy is three months for yeah. DPS. It's the lateral academy. So I didn't make it into that one because of the circumstances, right? But now... um the one in may i have to do the whole six months mm. so i'll get the full complete academy versus the three months yeah uh so that that's going to be the next move right there
1: have you thought about uh are you still going to try to like be active and run in the run club
0: you know what i haven't put much thought into it thomas yeah. knows thomas knows um because thomas is going to be here yeah i mean i'm not the face of it right it's me and thomas yeah. so whether I leave or whether I stay, it's going to be in good hands no yeah, matter what. Yeah, he'll hold it down for sure. Yeah, he's going to hold it down. And then plus, there's a couple of other little run clubs that are popping up, right? Mm-hmm. Like my homie Mike, the Bartista from Viejo Coffee. He has Slightly Off Running. Yeah. My homie Evan, who does stuff like this, right? He's media. He does all the graphic designing. He's a musician.
1: Is it recording? Yeah. He's a, he's
0: a, he's a good dude, bro. Yeah. Um, He's got Diamond Lung Endurance. So he just popped up with that. And his is more lower valley, right? Yeah. And then you have um, weekend LSD, which stands for long, slow distance. Mm. And uh, that's my boy, my boy, Bardo. So he's starting that run club. So those three, you know, they're they're starting the little run clubs, and I hope they get the momentum. Not that I hope, they will get the momentum. And, you know, that just really makes me feel appreciative because me and Thomas putting a lot of time on this stuff and just to influence people to do the same and to make their own little stuff it's it's cool man it's real humbling for sure I think
1: that's badass bro what what do you because a lot of people um don't have that mindset like a lot of people like if they see somebody doing the same thing it's like more like oh like uh it's more it's not as supportive you know they have a different mindset where it's like yeah for sure Ah. what do you what do you what do you think that how have you looked at um, why do you think you look at it in that way and why do you think someone uh, why do you think that's important to look at in the way like you do where it's like nah we're all in this like it's not really competition bro it's like if we're all doing the same thing we can kind of elevate each other in a way you know
0: exactly I mean I don't look at it as a competition I look at it as a growth Mm. for us to motivate each other that's just growing in itself Mm -hmm. and then that's just giving Mm -hmm. more ideas maybe ideas that i didn't think about but these guys are thinking about i'm like damn dude yeah good fucking idea yeah how are we going to grow from that yeah how are we going to make it better the next time what kind of things are we going to implement here because some of the ideas that me and thomas come up with it's not original we see it from other run clubs that we follow Mm -hmm. or run clubs that i've personally been to like in austin right we did the the block is hot relays at lost and found mm-hmm. i got that idea from the Zyco relays from austin where you get a team of four each person runs two and a half miles and first to finish team wise gets a prize mm-hmm. did and you
1: come up with that the block is hot
0: yeah no that's, no thomas came up with that uh, one. that's fire I, I, I told him i was like hey let's let's do this but let's come up with a name and thomas came up with the block is hot yeah, so now dope. we got something that's gonna be. That was our inaugural one. Now we're gonna do it the next year, Yeah. and then the year after that. And we did it completely illegal, by uh-huh. the way. <laughs> respectfully.
1: Why is that illegal?
0: Well, not illegal. Fuck, that's the wrong word. <laughs> so we did it. We found a loophole. Basically, with those type of races, obviously you have to get a city permit. Mm. You have to do a. You have to do a lot of things, right? But what we did was. Johnny, you know, that owns Lost and Found. Yeah, Yeah. Johnny Escalante. He hooked us up with the venue, which is Lost and Found, right? And then we have Yahoo Copyright attached to it. So the way we did it was we didn't label it as a race. We just labeled it as a relay. Mm -hmm. Basically, like, just a run club that we were just going to run around the neighborhoods. Yeah. So we didn't have to, you know, get police escort or anything like that. It was just a simple run that we were going to do. As a team, yeah. So we team based it. (laughs) Just like public roads, man. Yeah. You don't need to ask the city to use a public road unless you're safe with it, and that's how we went with it. It's not until you get to like parks, or if you want to block off certain intersections, like downtown, or make it kind of unique. That's when you get into the city's pocket and be like, "All right, we gotta pay you for permits. We gotta pay you for." Uh, vendors and all that stuff mm. which we dipped into but it was such a hassle so we were figuring out ways to do it for free that way people don't have to pay for it and then we don't have to pay for it mm. uh, because at the end of the day man we don't want to charge people we just want people to come out to the events that we host yeah and just have fun yeah yeah
1: fuck yeah bro i want to me and curry have been talking. we want to throw an event that has something to do with what we got going on what we do but we're still in ideation stages of like, all right, what what would, what would fit our brand, and what would what can we do that is, yeah, it just kind of goes along with what we're, what we're trying to do. But there's so many ideas. But I think, I mean, that's honestly inspiration from you guys because I see like you like especially partnering with like Denny and like you just partnering with everybody and just throwing these events and just having people come together. Like I'm like, damn, bro, that's so fucking that's so fire. So we're kind of in the stages of like, all right, what can we do? But yeah, man, that's, that's dope.
0: It's not, I don't think you guys are kind of in the stage. You know what you want to (laughs) do. Yeah. Right. But don't be so hesitant. Just do it. Yeah. Even if you think that it's going to have minimal people or whatever your mindset is on it, just do it. Yeah. Like I don't care for the, the way I'm putting it is if I'm going to do it I'm doing it because I want people to enjoy themselves. Mm. And I feel like if you're going to do something, just fucking full send it. That's it. Even if it's just very small, just do it that way. You know how to do it better the next time. Yeah, for sure. And then on that next time you could do it. Okay. You're going to get another idea. This is how we're going to do it the Mm. next time. And it just keeps going. And that's what me and Thomas kind of did. That's all we're doing right now is knowing people, networking, and doing it better than next time for sure.
1: Fuck yeah, bro. Well, um, yeah, man. I know there's, there's something I wanted to ask you too, bro. Just do I, it, man. Yeah, exactly. Just do it. You got you got any questions, bro? Uh, no, solid. Yeah. What's
0: your What's your favorite quote?
1: My favorite quote. Fuck, bro. Um, I don't think it's one. Well, yeah, I have a few actually. So one by Marcus is. Um, Hennessy never stop, never. No, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, I'm gonna start asking you questions now. This is, this is gonna get interesting. Got a question for you too, next All, All right.
1: right, favorite quote there's a quote by Marcus Aurelius, he wrote Meditations. Um, I think it's um, enough talking about what a good man should be, be one, or enough talk about, yeah, I think that's how it goes. Enough talking about what a good man should be, and it's just be one because, like what that means to me is like you can talk about like there's so many people like we we kind of get caught up in like talking about what's right what's wrong but it's like you got to be the example of that yourself for for that to really mean something so i just try to exemplify like anything that i feel like i say or anything do i just got to do it you know instead of just talking about it that one and then the man in the arena it's a little bit longer um but it's it's by theodore roosevelt and He basically just talks about how the man in the arena, he kind of, he's talking about in a way how there's people that, um, it kind of just means more that you're for someone who's willing to put themselves in a position to like take a risk or do something that they really want to do. Um, like for example, the run club or like the podcast, like it means a lot more of you putting yourself in the position. And even if you fail, then at least you you tried and at least you gave it like you actually put that into fruition and you actually gave it your all. Um, And that means more than just not even trying whatsoever and just kind of not not even giving yourself a chance to succeed and just kind of because in a way you you kind of put yourself in the crossfire for like a lot of hate, a lot of um, negativity, a lot of people kind of talk down on you. But in a way, like it takes courage to be able to like take that on and still, like, do it no matter what. No matter what's going to happen. So, yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite quotes. No yeah.
0: matter where you're at, bro, every, there's going to be haters everywhere. Yeah, There's going to be sure. someone talking shit for whatever reason. And that's the beauty of life, dude. Yeah. Taking that shit, talking, mm-hmm. and talk shit right back yeah. with your actions.
1: <laughs> no, I yeah. like that. What about you? You got a quote that stands out to you?
0: Dude, my favorite quote, Jordan Belfort. Mm-hmm. From Wolf of Wall Street, yeah, or Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, you can think about this quote any way you want, but when I first heard it, and I first heard it through Wolf of Wall Street, right? Yeah, where he said he's talking on the phone. He's like, "I always tell my clients, don't judge me on my my winners, judge me on my losses, because I have very few."
1: Damn. Oh <laughs> fuck, bro! I remember hearing that
0: quote for the first time. I'm like, damn. Yeah, that's the fucking craziest (laughs) quote. So you could think about that any different way you want, life-wise. Yeah, but I mean, for me, that just means, yeah, that's a good quote, right? Yeah, like it took a minute for it to sit in. I was like,
1: started, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, don't judge me on my wins.
0: Don't don't judge me on my winners. Judge me on my losses because I have very few. Mm.
1: Yeah, that's fucking powerful yeah jordan belfort man that motherfucker dude,
0: that, that dude yeah. was straight hustler man yeah i admire people like that yeah. i mean i know they were dirty as shit mm-hmm. but fuck man the yeah type of mindset you need to have for that mm-hmm. and the grind i mean that's crazy i mean a lot of it was influenced by fucking drugs <laughs> yeah but i mean shit <laughs> yeah
1: no for fucking sure
0: geniuses man yeah do you um do you
1: do you kind of um, uh what was your question?
4: How much of, like, your students or your players succeeding do you think has to do with, like, a personal relationship? Like,
1: do you think, uh, do you think like, a lot of their success lies within you having a personal bond with them? Or do you think it's really just on them just coming to terms with, them, like, the skill factor of things, like, just being good at what they're doing?
0: No, man, you have to have a personal bond. I mean, that at least that's what I experienced right with the coaches that i grew up with those guys that's what i needed to succeed was the bond and the shit talking that i had from those individuals like for example the three that i named earlier coach smith coach martinez coach candelaria and coach ortiz and coach parker five of them right those were the biggest influence of my life till this day and why do you think that is is because exactly what you said They created a bond with each and every one of us, not including myself, but all my teammates. And that takes a lot of work for coaches and teachers to get a bond with every single one of your students or student athletes. And those guys really dedicated their lives to not only what they were teaching, but to the sport as well. And I try to implement that with when I was teaching. I try to be engage with all my students whether they were badass kids or not i treated everybody the same way you know moving forward i let everybody know the hard truth but i also let everybody know what their potential was and i figured if i can give that influence to those kids or any type of people then that's the biggest thing so yeah personal bond towards Not only one individual, but every single buddy. It goes a long way.
1: Yeah. Well, long story short, like, we – so we played at Andrus. We graduated in 2018. um, But he was – we both played basketball, and we were, like, really fucking talented, really good. Um, Like, we – I think just the whole program, the Andrus program, were, like – those years were really solid. Like, we'd make deep runs into the playoffs. I think our junior year, we made it to the Sweet 16. um, And then – sophomore year we did and then your freshman year made it to the final four that was that like number one ranked team basically
0: you, you guys had coach lewis right yeah yeah, yeah well, up coach to, lewis dog Up to, coach yeah. lewis dog hey yeah. coach lewis he's a special guy man. Okay. fuck man coach lewis every saturdays baby we would fucking go to andrews open gym oh my god mm-hmm. man it would be me cliff tucker rest in peace to my boy fucking a dub sean taylor home oh, man
2: <laughs> man yeah.
0: we we used to go in there and fucking darius yeah oh my god uh hands down andrews open gym back then when coach lewis was there yeah. best runs yeah ever for sure you ain't never is gonna that get that right? no more man it's just that energy he, right? yeah he set the mold of open gyms i don't care which open gym you went to andrews was gonna be the most lit yeah the most lit for sure the most competitive everybody wanted to go out there and then he ran that shit full court mm-hmm. and then if you were fucking half half-assing kick your ass out the gym uh-huh. yeah, i seen cliff tucker getting kicked out the gym because yeah, cliff out. cliff tucker was good bro I, cliff tucker yeah. was a yeah oh man yeah cliff tucker was a dog right yeah. but like sometimes cliff always fucked around bro and coach fucking lewis hated that shit sometimes and he would kick cliff off the damn court or kick him off the gym bro and i'd just be like oh shit Give me the ball, get on the court. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah no, bro. God, man. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then, uh, who was um? who? Who was the handles coach? Gene. 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 Gene was there. Yeah, I mean, Gene used to play a lot. Yeah,
4: he, yeah. We were in high school. He
1: runs the time. Yeah. So, so what the thing is is so yeah. So, coach, we had Coach Lewis up to our junior. year. Um and sophomore he year. sophomore year yes yeah, sir and he let he had to leave or there was a bunch of whatever I don't even know exactly the story the but yeah between the coaches and shit um anyways we lost coach so it was basically in him and then like not to call you guys out but it's what happened like the start like basically everybody but me and the starting five like they not that James James was always my boy like we had been best friends forever. And I was super cool with like I mean those are still my some of my best friends to this day, but they were definitely on like they were on bullshit back then, bro. Even though we were very talented, like they were they they got caught like I mean, you can say it, bro. I mean y- yeah I mean they they got in trouble out of town like smoking shit like that. I um, remember, dog. You know, I, I
0: know I know yeah, the story. Like, yeah. Yeah. Man, you know
1: yeah. Um. We're just Young kids, bro. Like, we didn't see anything wrong in the time. We're just smoking, like, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. So, anyways, like, I guess where it's coming from is, like, even though he does take accountability for it, like, I should have, like, been on my shit, like, doing that, we're also trying to see, like, from a coaching standpoint, like, how much of that has to do with, like, I guess the relationship they built with, like, with you and, like, those other players, like.
0: No, no, you're exactly right because the way you're putting it, right, A coach needs to get personal with you. Like Coach Lewis always was personal. He didn't give a fuck who you were. He's going to be personal. And this goes back to, well, well, I'll tie this in together, right? Coach Martinez, freshman year, he straight up told me that I sucked. (laughs) Then why am I playing basketball? Uh But why do you think he said that? Because he saw the potential. And so going in after my freshman year, getting into the summer, going into my sophomore year, he fucking elevated my game.
1: Well, he, 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 he knew he could tell you that, though, because he knew you so well. Like, if he told that to somebody else, they could fuck around and quit. Exactly. But you took it as like, oh, I got to fucking get better now. Like I fuck- Exactly.
0: It, it, when you're a coach, you have to understand your players, and that's the question that you asked. You need to develop the bond, one. Develop the bond of your player, which is going to get to know your player. Once you get to know your player... Now that's when you start getting into the coaching aspect. Now you're going to know how you're going to be able to coach that kid. What's your body language going to be towards that kid? What's the verbal cues you're going to be telling that kid? And now how are we going to tie those two together? And that's exactly how Coach Martinez did it with me, was body language and then the way he spoke with me. And that's how it raised my competitiveness to the next level. And that's exactly how fucking Coach Lewis did. Coach Lewis at an open gym, just his presence alone, fucking yelling, always being, saying, like, oh, you fucking turn over the ball, stop the fucking game. Like, if you're going to just be running and just doing that half-ass bullshit, yeah. get the fuck out the gym because mm-hmm. he wanted you to go in there and play and not fuck around. Yeah. And that's what I think all of us admired at fucking Andrews, yeah. was going into that gym and knowing that you're going to get the best game out of everybody because who brought that fucking coach Lewis and that was his coaching mentality was if you ain't getting it you're fucking out and he wanted you to be a fucking dog I mean is it rare to come across coaches like that now yes so you got the OG coaches that are going to be still saying what they're saying but then you got some coaches that are cautious and then now with the generation growing up bro it's crazy a lot of a lot of coaches are a little bit hesitant to kind of tell these kids the real shit, and i've heard that through numerous coaches that are my boys right now where they're telling me man it's hard to get through these kids because the parents won't allow them to have that mindset no Mm -hmm. more so i mean it it comes from the household man to be honest it sucks as a coach because things are changing times are sensitive If you say one thing that we used to be getting told back then can't say that now can't say that that now bro i mean now this generation to be honest is a little soft i mean I, i know i'm a little bit older now but i think the last good years of actually coaching was 2012 and down 2012 coming up things changed in my perspective though mm. i mean people are probably gonna talk shit by me saying that but that's just my perspective Yeah, i could see that because 2012 and down open gyms bro coaches presence in those open gyms it was fucking nuts you yeah. go to burgess right we had ours you go to irvin you go to america's coach brooks you go to fucking parkland andrews Chapin, you go to f- shit, even El Dorado, bro, used to go out there all the time. I mean, just going to those open gyms, it was crazy. It was nuts because the best players were there, the coaches were there, and they were present. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't even hear about that no more. I don't
1: even hear about open gyms it's anymore. Not, yeah,
0: I mean, it's not the same, bro. It's not the same. No, bro, and that sucks, man.
1: You bring your squad, and then it's just yeah, like, bring yeah. your squad,
0: and then take over your fucking open gym. And bro, the, my... My boys would hate me. Like my my OG boys, they still talk shit to this day. Matter of fact, we were talking about it the other day. They'd be like, "Motherfucker, you would leave us for this squad." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, motherfuckers, I want to win." <laughs> not, not saying not not no knock against them, right? Yeah. But like, I would want to go to the other person's gym and destroy them. Or people would come into my gym, and that that's it. You want you want to come into my gym? You gotta earn this shit. You gotta earn yeah. the win. And we there's no more of that, man. Yeah. What I blame is fucking social media. Yeah. We didn't ha- remember we didn't have that. We were talking about it earlier, the newspaper clippings. Shit, we were playing for stats on the newspapers. We were playing for just being the header of the newspaper. Mm -hmm. Not not saying that we were playing for all that stuff, right? There was more that we were playing for, but we appreciated that. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah, for us, we were like, damn, this is crazy. Like, we were in the front newspaper, even for something so small. And that's something that we would always look forward to Mm -hmm. or motivate us to even play harder, right? We wanted the recognition nowadays. Social media, it's just given to you at this point. Yeah, anybody,
1: like, anybody, and everybody can just.
0: Bro, it's not even earned no more. Yeah, anybody could just be, whatever on social media, kind of sucks. It it kind of took away, the shine of, your hard work and and sports in general. Cause Damn, I
1: never really thought about that. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Because yeah, like back then, like if you were getting recognition, it's because like you were. Because you had it, you know, you were that dude.
0: Bro, like, I'm telling you, I mean, we, like, if you were a first-team all-district, you would get sent to the newspapers, and you would be with, like, first-team all-districts, and you would take the photos Mm -hmm. with those people, and then you just have your cover head with your first-team all-district, and then an explanation and details about you on the newspaper. Now, it's just all social Mm media-based, where it's just... It it doesn't really, it doesn't hit hard no more mm-hmm. because you just constantly see it. Yeah. And if you constantly see it, then you just get accustomed to it and it doesn't make you want to work hard. Yeah. Not saying that they're not working hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the level of work ethic has completely changed. Yeah. Are you working hard just to be on social media? Or are you working hard because you want to succeed Yeah. in the long run? Mm-hmm. There's that's what i see it now yeah kind of sucks man but yeah
1: that's a whole nother pile we can get into yeah, to be yeah. honest yeah but man it was it was a pleasure bro for real i'm glad we got to do this um this is the most vulnerable player episode 21 with my boy freddie um so yeah man uh this is probably gonna be released hopefully not this coming week but the week after um but yeah man anything uh so your instagram what's your instagram what's like your information <laughs> that people could follow you on
0: i just have instagram yeah i don't have anything else yeah but that's instagram, perfect yeah, so yeah it's uh i run underscore ish okay so i've had that handle since college bro since yeah. instagram first got released <laughs> and yeah oh um, yeah it's been the same ever since oh yeah i run ish uh, and I then only, uh i only got it because it says i'm i was in college right so i was like <laughs> oh i run shit you know yeah, like i yeah. run not meaning that i run shit like an egotistical yeah, thing nah, it was just for sure. more because i was running yeah.
1: I, I yeah I like that
0: so i just kept it
1: yeah Peace.
0: but yeah that's my that's my instagram yeah I mean, and then uh so I run for it El run, Paso, run, or for, run it. for it ep run
1: yeah. for ep uh you gotta tap into those events man i'll be there freddie will be there curry will be there hopefully now <laughs>
0: Curry's gonna be riding with me on the bike, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd just be taking the pictures now. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. but
1: um nah definitely pop out to those. It's great vibes, bro. Um good way to network, good way to make friends. Um and yeah, man, I mean thank thank you guys for tuning in. Doesn't be on Spotify, Apple Podcast, YouTube, all that. Yeah. And uh
0: This is yeah. my first uh podcast yeah everybody so i hope i didn't suck too bad <laughs> nah bro at least I, I hope i was interesting fuck. for sure bro was i was looking at out. your old podcast i was like <laughs> fuck man these people could talk pretty good man <laughs> I, I it's a difference between being in front of people and then being on the mic you know what i'm saying I, it's weird yeah not weird but it's it's really new to me
1: yeah no i bet you uh, it's it's definitely still like i feel like i've gotten more comfortable with it but not for sure it's different but nah, you did awesome bro hell yeah glad we, that we did this shit bro
0: yes, and Hennessy sponsor us okay <laughs> <laughs> for real <laughs> we took like five shots already we're gonna take one more before we get out of here hell yeah yes sir shout out to Curry he's behind the mic